Welcome to Grog Talk. Welcome, Dan. All right. Welcome, James. So this is uh, episode, what, 22, right? I think it is 22. It's crazy. We've continued on, and you've noticed we have yet again another little figure. Uh, we have Carlos Lysinger on the on Skype. Good morning, Carlos. Good morning. How you guys doing? We're doing great. Right. Uh, we've got a awesome. great, we've got a great announcement uh, today to uh, tell all our listeners about GrogCon 2019. So Dan, if you want to set up what we've been working on, uh, it's coming in a few months, and so we've got some great uh, news to talk about it. Yeah. So as uh, listeners and viewers of Grog Talk will know, we here are huge fans of Carlos Leising's. Uh, we think he's an amazing DM. We love the adventures he's written. And so, uh, as you probably also know, we have a convention coming up called GrogCon, October 11th through the 13th here in Orlando. And what we've done is we asked Carlos if he would be interested in writing an adventure for the convention and coming and running it. Uh, and he has agreed. And so we're absolutely thrilled. So number first, thank you very much, Carlos. We're very excited here at Grog Talk. Oh, I'm excited and I'm humbled that you guys chose me. Um, it's a it's a big uh, deal here for me. And uh, I couldn't think of some guys that are, are, are nicer and more uh, accommodating than you guys to write it for. So I'm really excited. Thank, thank you very much. And so I think the plan is you're going to write this adventure for the convention. You're going to run it a few times, right? Uh, I am. At the convention. Mm -hmm. And then what you'll do, and then what we'll do is we will probably, we'll offer it here at, at Grog Talk. We'll offer it to patrons. That's right. right. A PDF version. Exactly. And then I believe, Carlos, if I'm correct, your plan then is you'll go ahead and publish a hard copy version of it like you correct. do with the other ones, which will be offered, of course, through Castle Entertainment, right? Correct. Correct. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm planning on giving it the whole Castle Entertainment treatment, too. Perfect. So, or, well, yeah. cover, art, everything, the whole nine yards. Map, you got it. Nice. Fantastic. And so uh, we here at Grotto, we came up with an idea. And, and uh, granted, we're all maybe a little nervous about this. But yeah. We're going to see how it goes. <laughs> we could end up with Bodie McBoatface, you know, like they named that boat in uh, the tugboat That's in right. England. That's right. So, and, and I don't know if we sprung this on Carlos after he, after he agreed to it. I'm not sure what the timing was. <laughs> Actually, I, I, it was kind of our mutual idea. I, I wanted uh, yes. I wanted you and your listeners to be able to play director a little bit. So that's right. Um, Actually, that's mm -hmm. true because because Carlos did mention right. You'd mentioned that you like it when um, your patrons or supporters of yours, you know, if they're interested, they have an idea for a, an adventure. You, you love yeah, to hear absolutely. about it. Professionally, I mean, uh, in my in my day job, you know, what we do, what I do is it's very much about voice of the customer. It's all it's very much about listening to, uh, you know, your customer and and fulfilling what they want. You know, it's great for me to write modules. And I know I write Castle Entertainment modules. The idea for me is I write the modules I always wanted to play in. But. Sometimes I realize that maybe that was just me. Maybe I'm the only one that wanted to play in that module. So the, the I, one, the one with the gnomes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. The one with the gnomes actually. Well, I think I already told you guys the story about that, but that's another. Yeah. That, that's that's a that's another subject. Right. But 
Go ahead. Yeah, I, the voice of the customer is very important to me, and having uh, having your viewers and having you guys chime in on what you want to see on that is very exciting to me. Right. So what we've decided to do is we have decided to run a contest where we would like to ask our listeners and our viewers to suggest a title right. for Carlos's adventure, and then James and I will select the title, and this is the part where Carlos gets nervous. Sure. James, obviously. <laughs> James, 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 I feel like we make it a lot with gnome in it. I don't know. Well, I, should, I shouldn't say that. I, I would be okay with die, gnomes, die. I know, right, that's yeah, right. We could have a lot of variations mashup, you know, against that, the gnomes. Right, against the gnomes. <laughs> the new G series. That's right. I'm good with any of those. I can tell you anything with gnomes in there end would uh, would be a, a top pick for me. I think this is why we work. We kind of balance each other, That's right. right? Maybe we could do like the, the module a gnome in hell instead of paladin in hell. <laughs> gnome that in hell. <laughs> that would be great. By the way, James, big props on your Iron Maiden shirt. I can see it there, just the, the hit on it. That's so, right. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Well done. Uh, and, and so what we've decided to do is, is to let... Our listeners and our viewers suggest a name. James and I will select it. Right. And then that will be, and we'll announce it next week, right. the winner. Well, maybe two weeks from now, because we got to discuss next week's July 4th weekend. So we have to ah. decide what we're going to do. So we'll probably extend it for a couple of weeks. But uh, here's the three ways you can enter. You can either enter, uh, I've created a page on GrogCon slash uh, GrogCon 2019 contest. I'll put that on the show notes here. You can also go to Twitter and put hashtag GrodCon2019. Just put the hashtag there, and then we'll pull that up. Or you can always send it to info at grodcon.com. Again, all this will be in the show notes as well. So any of those three ways is just put in, here's the name of the adventure. We'll look them over. We'll give that to Carlos. Carlos will regret the decision he's made because then he'll have to write something based on it. And uh, we'll move forward with that. Right. And, you and know, somebody on my Facebook feed just today said um D, D players are blank and i noticed like the first five things that came down were creative yeah so i'm sure that the your listeners and everything like that i'm, I'm sure i'm going to get some interesting stuff to work with uh, absolutely and if your listeners also wanted to throw in uh, a monster or something like that maybe that's fine too i'm interested uh I, maybe that that can work its way in there as well okay very good yeah we need uh it'd be great if people could um you know, have a theme with it because that would help you uh, kind of focus the, the adventure. Is that correct? Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Carlos, I think you had mentioned to me that the winner that you were going to, they get some sort of acknowledgement. Uh, yeah, absolutely. The winner of the contest, I plan on publishing their name in the module as a uh, special thanks. Um, so they're, they're going to actually get publication credits in the module if, I, if we pick their name. And, and, and we'll find out later if the special thanks is sarcastic or not, right? Based on, right. on the title. <laughs> the, the, the winner. Thank, I, have no thanks. Doubt, I have no doubt that this is going to go great. Yeah. Well, and we're looking for, obviously, if it's if it's too wacky, too ridiculous, we're we're not going to saddle That's Carlos right. with that. So if you're look if you are looking if you're playing to win, right? I think we're looking probably right for a mid level ish. So you know, against Asmodeus, would probably yeah, not absolutely. not going to win. I usually throw. Uh, you know, for me, like a levels five encounters, like I don't know, um, Mephistopheles right. or or something like that. You know, I, I can't reserve as as Medeus and people like that for like ninth level or so. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. So if you're looking to win, <laughs> yeah, right. the, 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 yeah, the the, the Nova in Hell, you know, may not be a winner. Yeah. Right, because that might be a little too high level. I thought a gnome is hell would be a, fun no, a gnome is hell. Yeah, yeah right. you just play you a gnome. Backfire, you, 
it could backfire on you, James. I make make it all gnomes, and I make try and make them cool. That's okay. So. Yeah. I'm 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 playing a gnome tonight. I'm playing yeah. a gnome. So. I want to do a gnome undead, and they just you know like surround you, James, would, James. Surround James as a character. Be, that, that would be very comprehensible death. But <laughs> I think uh, also that we're very fortunate that you know, we are planning that Carlos will come down and run this adventure at GrogCon 2019. We're working on those plans, and so um, at a minimum, we're going to get a great adventure. But the plan is. Uh, again, thanks to Carlos being flexible, he's going to come down and actually run this adventure yep. for us. So, you know, it's a, Sorry, it's a great yeah. opportunity. I can't wait to come down and see you guys and awesome. see everybody over at GrogCon. I mean, uh, Florida's got a really great community, gaming community. I know several gamers from you guys' area from doing ve- different conventions in the Midwest. Uh, I'm stoked. I mean, this is going to be a great show. I Judging from the quality of the production you guys put on and from the quali- character, quality of your character, uh, if it's indicative of the kind of show you're going to put on, it's going to be dynamite. Awesome. We need to hire him for do our PR. Right. Well, better than you, apparently. I'm terrible. <laughs> Based on what you told me. You've, yeah. You, I'm surprised you didn't get banned on Facebook, which is good. I'm, I'm yeah. glad about I'm strangely that. banned on Twitter, which is bizarre because I've never, never even tweeted, tweeted anything. That's I was right. immediately banned. I've been banned on Facebook. They wouldn't let me because I tried to use our grog talk thing. But um, so... <laughs> Just real quick again, um, again, Castle Entertainment is going to be creating an adventure and a, a for GrogCon. It will be based on our contest winner's name of the adventure. If you have a monster and a title and you send it to either info at grogcon.com, you do uh, go to Twitter, hashtag GrogCon2019, or you can go to our page and post your comment at grogcon.com slash uh, GrogCon 2019 contest. The winner that we will pick uh, will then, Carlos will use that information as a creative spark to uh, give us a great adventure. And then um, if everything works, he is scheduled to appear and run this adventure uh, during GrogCon 2019. So thank you, Carlos. Looking forward to that. Hey, it's my pleasure, guys. Absolutely. All Thanks, right. Carlos. Well, so we'll let you enjoy your day, and we're going to go on and jibber-jabber about some some other things, but we look forward to talking to you real soon. Thanks so much. Thanks, Carl. Absolutely. Have a great day, guys. Thanks. Good luck with your game on Twitch. Oh, I will. Thank you very much. All okay. Right. Bye-bye. See ya. All right. Let's... Okay. That's, this is very exciting. We're very excited that about is... this, because Carlos is he's a great guy. He's such a supporter of First Edition. And not only to get him to write an adventure, which is going to be great for uh, GrogCon, but to have him come down here right. and run the game several times would be fantastic. So if you've, if you've not played in a Carlos Lysine game, I really encourage you to think about coming to GrogCon, signing up for one of his games. You're not going to regret it. Well, especially, I mean, I, um, I am looking really forward to it. And, you know, of course, we'll be running around trying to run the convention, but he's going to be running a couple of games. So I'm, I'm definitely playing. I mean, there's... Everyone else have to figure it out. I may even drop one of my games. You know. Well, you're gonna have to sign it. You have to get have seats to are up. limited. You yeah, gotta get in are there. Limited. That's right. right so so. Um, you drop one of your games. That's right. Sorry, guys. Go <laughs> Great. Play. Go play here. Thanks for supporting the cost. Well, I mean, it's like the yeah. advice we gave last week. You know, uh, when I was tell people to watch another video, don't watch our video. You know, that was our well, suggestion. Yes, and I think you know, and, and and when I was marketing the convention, I said, look, if you're gonna go to one convention, go to Gary Connor, North Texas. If right. you're gonna go to two, go to both of them. If you're going to go to three, and, you, and you're in the Orlando area at, at the October. time, visiting right. visiting your uh, your st- stepmother. Or if you're stuck over a layaway and you can't get out, <laughs> your flight's delayed. <laughs> flight's delayed. Come on over for a game. Yeah, that would be that would be great. That's the marketing. I like that. 
Right, we're better than sitting at the airport. Right, it's uh, close. Well, it depends. It's a good food court here. Uh, yeah, some of it, but it's pretty pricey. But uh, it is. Shall I get the? I've got. Let's get this out. All right. Oh, there you go. So, so anyway, this is. So today we're talking about. Uh, Dan wants to shift. <laughs> we, we've pretty much finished magic items, yes. and we're now going to talk about the the various demi-human races. Yep. That's the next topic of conversation. Um, so what was the impetus for talking about that? Why did you want to talk about demi-humans? Well, I think I wanted to talk about demi-humans because I, as you know, I think it's a lot of fun to role play the particular race. So don't, if you're going to play a dwarf, you know, kind of take on the attributes and the characteristics of a dwarf as you play the game. I always think that's fun. I like that role-playing aspect. So hold on. Sorry about that. Random, random sound. Go ahead. So it's a new segment. A, ra- a random sound random. segment. Oh, just remind me. Hold on. We need to do that. We need to do our random encounter first. That's right. I'm glad we, I'm gl- you know, high quality production here, folks. You know, you need to shoot the producer. Oh, that's me. Yeah, you don't want me producing. All right. So, yeah, we're going to do our random encounter segment where we randomly roll a monster and then we talk about it longer than we should. Right. So, do you want to do the roll? I can do the roll. No, I'm going to do you the roll. You do the roll? Look, I got new metal dice. I, oh, this is nice. Well, I had had orange polyhedral crystal dice back uh-huh. in the day, and I really never found ones that were identical. Do we know so. if these are balanced well? Have you? No, I have not rolled those. Okay. I don't know if they're balanced well or not. So, what I need from you is a die 10. One die? Oh, to figure out where we are. Yes, we're. because you, where are you? We don't know where, where? you're going to randomly well, encounter. Two, it looks like. You're again in a dungeon. Love it. Okay, so what I need from you now is I need a die. I think it's going to be another die 10. Because how? Oh, yeah, we have 10 monster levels. So give me another oh, die 10. 10 monster level. Seven. Well, that sounds scary, doesn't yeah, it? That's going to be a creep. Okay, back. now we're back to, we're not going to screw this up. It's 2 to 20. That's right. So, so it's, it's, a, it's a, isn't it an 8 and a, a 8 and a 12 is eight what and they 12. say up there, yeah. So you got to do it. So I got a 5 on one. And uh, five on the other, ten. Oh, a black pudding. Black pudding, awesome. Encountered one black pudding. I, I don't know that I've ever encountered a black pudding. Maybe some of our, our listeners, yes. are listening live, black can pudding tell works. us any black pudding story. I think there's a, you know, there's there's a black pudding in Eagle Manor, but I don't want to say where it is. I don't right. want to give away a spoiler. It's very entertaining. The black pudding is so uh, you know they're ten hit dice. That oh, is a huge thing. So you don't want to encounter one of these things. No. Well, how do you kill a black pudding? You just normal axe because it dissolves wood and metal. So if I'm sticking my sword into a black pudding, right? What's happening? Do so it. so here's the problem. If you chop it or strike it, the ma- the monster is broken into two or more parts. So it becomes this uh, you know. Thing that attacks you multiple times. Save is true as attack by light. Fire, cold does not affect it. Fire does normal damage, and they avoid flames. So, and they also kind of fun thing you could do is they can be different color variations. So this is a good opportunity to throw your players off if they see oh. a black thing. You're like, ooh, the black pudding. We we know what we need to do. So uh, basically, blows cold and lightning do not harm it. So and it dissolves wood and metal. So it's a nasty thing. So do you basically, it has a six-inch movement. Do you basically just want to flee from it? Right. So, you, that's the, so 
When I guess only if you had to get past it. Exactly. Would you? Can you be surprised by a black pudding? Does it get a surprise roll? Sure. So you like oh. everything gets surprised because it can it can go on the ceiling. Oh, so that yeah. It, uh, does it drop on you? It can because it says monster travels equally well on walls and ceilings as well as floors. So they just they walk around, they eat away metal, their corrosive saliva. Yeah, so it's a rust monster meets like a green slime, but not as deadly as a green slime from a you know it doesn't convert you into that. So, okay. Um, the problem is they're ten hit dice, and basically except for fire, um, there's really not much you can do to it. So how does it attack? So I know that say like a, uh, a great isn't a great ooze strikes like lightning jumps out at you. Yeah, this one kind of more falls on you. It just sort of falls. So if it's just sitting there and you're attacking it, is it? You know, I'm trying to get a sense of this is a black. Is there dodge parry? Is there, what's melee with a black pudding look like? Well, it's painful because it says it's it has many tiny mouths and saliva. So apparently, its saliva is painful because it's dissolving, but it doesn't dissolve flesh. But it does three to twenty-four points of damage to expose flesh. Oh, so it's just sort of so if you're, it's sort of moving at you, right, right, and trying to touch you, it's trying to it's trying to taste you, right. It's trying to lick you. <laughs> it's get near its pudding pop. It's terrible. <laughs> Like wow. a, a yeah. horrible thing. Yes, it's trying, to, it's trying to taste you in many ways. Well, it's trying to get at your wood. So I think the strategy there is if you had wood, throw it another way so it'll go after it. Kind of like the oh. rust monster. Like you throw, oh. Yeah. You know what? I never thought about it. That's very clever. Right, the rust monster? Yeah, you throw metal the other way. And it runs after the... Right. So that okay. So now that's not going to work if you're, you know, if you're all, if you have a wooden shield, a plus three, and you're decked in wooden armor, you throw a bark like a dog. That's not going to work. You're going to need to give it a significant amount of metal, um, wood, for it to to move. Because apparently, wood is its food. Right. So if the monster needs to dissolve wood in order to obtain food, it can eat away about two inches of thickness of wood equal in air. Oh, so it looks like it's going through the wood to get to food. Black puddings also eat away metal with their corrosive saliva. They actually, I mean, what, what's well, it the says it here? dissolves food in order to obtain, it dissolves wood to obtain food. Right, so, oh, is, I see. So, okay, I was thinking like, oh, it's wood is like, it's got to go through wood to get to the food. The, you, you read that as the wood is the food. Right, which is interesting because it's primarily found in underground areas. Not very woody. No. It's made a mistake. Right. It needs to... Yeah, could you have, like, you're walking down the street? Could, like, black pudding invade, like, the village? Why not? They, you would think they'd be in the forest. Right? Or, like, yeah, and you'd, like, you, like, you're walking down the street. Yeah, because they're getting at the uh, trees. Or you've got a wood shack, and there's a black pudding that's attached to the side of your wall. You walk out in the morning. Right. And you turn around, and you open the door, and there's a black pudding just on the other side. It's like a horror story. It is. A horror movie. Well, just let's see. Oh, it's the black uh, pudding. In dragon. Let's see. I'm trying to see which. Oh, oh. There's a uh, oh, apology. The oh, black pudding. Yeah, but it's it's, it's ninety five. Yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't count. It's that's that that's that's, that's, that's fake. Sec, that's fake, fake, news. fake news. <laughs> it's fake reporting. <laughs> fake science. It doesn't make it doesn't make any sense. I mean, guide to the traditional. Oh well, this is as the English food. So that's a. Uh, a scavenger hunter found only, only in underground, wait, only in underground areas 
normally, meaning if I can take it out in a cage, and then it won't be underground. The body structure of a black pudding is such that it can pass flow through narrow openings. Monster travels equally well on walls or ceilings as well as floors. It's tiny mouse and saliva. 324 hit points of damage for melee around to exposed flesh. It sounds like it likes I like to eat people. So I like to that food too. The monster needs to dissolve wood in order to obtain food. It can eat away about two inches of thickness of wood equal. You know, you could read that that it wants to get to, you know, through to like there's a person inside and it wants to eat through the wood shaft to get to the person inside. The creamy middle. Exactly. Black ponies also eat away metal, the corrosive saliva. But you but yeah, you just wanna. You just want to get away. Right. And I don't understand. A so, uh, by the way, good morning, uh, Thane David Thompson, which, by the way, oh. we, we've got to give him his official new titles. We have to show him that. We're going to do, yes. Um, and I'd love to know if Th I can call him Thane Thompson. It's right. not going to last. But for, we got a couple moments while he's still Thane. Uh, he doesn't know he's not going to be a Thane anymore. That's don't right. worry. You're going to be something to be awesome. Right. I mean, better. Right. Anything, yeah, I'd love to know if, uh, uh, if David Thompson has any thoughts on the black pudding. He does. He, he acknowledged the magazine in 200 and something, and I told yeah, him I that was beyond. Yeah, sorry. You don't, you don't acknowledge anything. 19, he stops at 1985. Is there a specific, is it April 1985? We should come up with a month, because there's probably a Dragon magazine before or after. If it hits triple digits, I, I don't know when triple digits started. To me, it's like you got to be in the you know, 70s, 80s. That's about it. Well, 86 is probably um, in the 80s. Yeah, we'd have to look that up. I, I have those from there. So, so the black pudding, just stay away from if right. you can. And he, Jump uh, it. Fame Thompson thinks it stays away out. It doesn't like light. It likes dark caverns. Oh, that. Oh, explaining why it's not above ground. Yeah. Right. And I'm curious if it's just wood or cellulose, because maybe it eats fungus. and. Well, and I want to know. So I'd like to get... Uh, Dave Thompson's thoughts on so that line in the monster manual it says it can dissolve wood to get food or something right, right. is that or to get to are you getting to the food no, I, or I, is it the food it says to obtain food it, if it if the monster needs to dissolve well that's interesting mm -hmm. if the monster oh yeah now reading this again if a monster needs to dissolve wood in order to obtain food it can eat away about so it's wood is not it's well, that's the way I'm reading. I don't right. know. It can be no, read different no, ways. I agree. No, I agree with so you. So you have like a wood chest. But the question is, what is it eating? Is it eating, is it like people? Is it like flesh? Right. It, yeah, it's, it's, I think it likes just, yeah. Anything. Is it a carnivore? Is that a carnivore? Yeah, I'm going to say it likes people. Absolutely. Well, that's more interesting. Right. Because then, it's, then it is chasing you. It likes, yeah, it likes people and, you know, but it's, it's basically a carnivore. But it has, it will eat through a door to get to you. Right. So... If all kinds of doors, a wood door, a bound door, an iron door, it'll go through all of them. Right, so if you, oh, right, so if you're, if you are in the, oh, that's interesting, so you could be sleeping, you're the guy on watch. Right. You're taking a rest for the night because you want to recover, you know, recover your spells, whatever. You're exactly. in the dungeon. You know, this is interesting. Does anyone, I'd like to know if anyone out there rolls to see if players on watch fall asleep. Shouldn't there be a chance that a PC, so you're roused at 2 in the morning. You've got the 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. shift. You're yeah. in the dungeon. Isn't there a chance yeah. that you'll fall asleep and then the black pudding, while you're sleeping, mm -hmm. is eating through... Yeah, that's Can a great eat through thing. stone? 
Uh, it doesn't say so. Oh. It says wood and metal. All right, let's say there's a wood door. Easily. It, and, and then that, you wake up, and it's just darkness. You're like, but it's a black, you're, you're in, basically, you're in a black pudding or something. Well, then you'd be in trouble, because it does 3 to 24 points of damage. Okay. But the, that idea of, that's right, you've closed the door. And again, how, how good it? goes is under it? doors, but it can go under, it right? Go so under why would it go through? It right. Under. It, would, it, would des- it would go under it. Do you roll for characters falling asleep? Have I given you an idea? Are you no, that's a that? great idea. Right? I thought you'd like that. I'm surprised right. you didn't jump on that immediately. It's um, a way to kill characters. Well, I told you last week, the last time I played, I, I, I put a beat down. Uh, not me personally, but the adventure went south. I mean, it was... It, it wasn't was, you, it was them. It was, it was a combination. <laughs> it, was, it was a combination. It takes two to tango. It does. It does. It, uh, well, at least you're willing to admit a little bit of responsibility. Oh, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I presented okay. the scenario, but I think that is a great, um, you know, that's what's interesting when you really start delving into these uh, monsters and you stop treating them as just these statistics of hit points mm-hmm. that are just going to be beaten down. You really start taking and looking at them as, okay, how would I use it? Black, you know, and, and if it was a higher level um, or lower level party, you could have doors that are partially dissolved at the bottom. All the oh, doors could yeah. be just eroded mm-hmm. at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And then, A, that could prevent resting, or they'd be like, what's doing this? To Yeah. And they would constantly mm-hmm. be like, well, we got to keep moving because it's a black pudding. Right. And, and we don't have enough fireballs to kill it. Now, the downside to it is, of course, uh, anything that's fire-based, the, the character's always going to want, you know, they're going to take their one pint of oil and expect to destroy the black pudding. Well, that just, it just does damage, I assume, right? It's right. not like it. I take like a mummy. Fire just does damage. It doesn't engulf. Right. I always had this image that if you could put fire on a mummy, it's flaming and right. running and making terrible noises. But it just does. I mean, I don't know exactly how much damage. It may do double damage. But it's not like you can just set on fire. Right. Well, that's what they want. They, they want the idea that the black pudding is like this big oil slick that's walking down. If you just hit it with one thing of oil, won't that kill it? Right. Same thing with the troll. That whole troll and regenerate. But we'll hopefully rail up a random encounter for the troll at one point. Okay. Well, are we ready to shift to That's our? Right. Uh, I don't know if we're going to have a name for this because we're we're giving a an honorary name, a title. Yes, a titling. Yes, we're giving a titling. You know, part of and I need to build the uh, heraldry page. I think it's what it's called. Um, so in researching, uh, in researching, you know, I need some bumper music for this when we bestow. Yes. Uh, the official titles of people. I'm sure there's probably a name for the ceremony. Yeah, knight or, ceremony or, or, or yeah, because he's not necessarily a knight. Yeah, we don't know what he's going to be. We're going to roll it up and kind of the ceremony. Out. Some okay, and I approve of this because November 1978. Well done. Thank you. From tw- uh, from uh, Dragon Twenty One. So this is a uh, this is from the Best of Dragon Volume Five. Well, he's looking showing it, and uh, and David also mentioned gelatinous cube. Yeah, these are great dungeon cleaning. Going back to the black pudding real quick, dungeon cleaning uh, monsters that carrying crawlers, gelatinous cubes. These are things I should use more often because they're kind of fun. Yeah. And you know what? We can also pause a bit on this because we're hoping to have um, uh, the uh, host of the Thacko Factor podcast on here. And he did just recently, he did a little episode on puddings, oozes. Oh, okay. And cool. so, yeah. So he'll... He's someone that we can definitely talk to um, about that. So, all right. So the name of this article is, What Do You Call a 25th Level Wizard? Whatever he wants, exclamation point. 
we are not going to go with whatever he wants. Right. We're going to tell him it's what we want. Right. We're going to randomly roll. And there's a table here where you can randomly roll a title, right? And so... Yeah, and basically you just pick each one and that becomes his title. Oh, you got to pick. I thought... Well, you, you can roll. Well, and then I have to count all these up. Yeah, you don't have to count it. That would be a, that would be up to you if you want to count. Well, it. we have 15. Yeah, okay. We 50, how do we do 15? A die 20? And, uh, because we do column here? number one, right? Yep. Because it would be the blank, blank, blank. Yeah, so let's do that. 15. So uh, I just roll a die 20? Yeah, see what happens. Because we don't want to do an averaging of anything. No. Right? That's, uh, well, we could do a D10 and a D6. That would get. But wouldn't that cool. average things? That would, that no, would, you'll have, that to would have a bell curve. You'll have to right? do D20. And of course, roll 18. Oh, 2d8 minus 1. There you go. David's oh. even better. But that, would that not have, Dave, that wouldn't have a bell curve? It will have somewhat of a bell curve. That Which, means it's going to have a meaty center. It's going to have a meaty center. You know what <laughs> I'm going to do? I like David's idea, but there's, uh, you can do this. Why do our podcasts last so long? I, yeah, people. <laughs> We're spending, but this is the spirit of, of D&D. Isn't it to spend, you know, 10 minutes figuring out how to roll something? Here, D15 dice roller. Oh my gosh, heresy. You're using a computer generated. All right, Je I'll allow it this time. You j well, do we want to do this right? Yeah. Or do we want s seven? Ah, the Chamberlain. What's this? The <laughs> Chamberlain. Yeah. What's a Chamberlain? The Chamberlain. I don't know. I, right. I know Will Chamberlain. This is my. Hey, is, my phone. is that the Grog Talk? Grog Line? No, it's my phone. 47466779? Well, I kept it on now, see, because I wanted to see what time it is, because we go so long, and then the phone call, then phone rings. Okay, so here's how long we've been talking for. Okay. That's just FYI. Okay. So. The Chamberlain. The Chamberlain, okay. That's bizarre. You don't like that? You want me to roll again? No, it is what it is. Okay. He's a Chamberlain. There is such a how thing. How do we spell that? Chamberlain. Oh, yeah, like Chamberlain, the guy who... Peace in thought, our time. He thought there was peace in our time. Okay. The Chamberlain. Like a chamber, L-A-I-N. The Chamberlain. In charge of a household. He's in charge of a household. Oh, is that what it is? A that's, Chamberlain? That's what he said. His. He knew that? Oh. <laughs> well, he, he better know this. Okay, so how many is this one? 15? Okay, so it's then his. Chamberlain, his. Yep. Oh, there's uh, 30. No, there's there. 30. All right. So he went from being think, over I, all of Australia. Yeah. The head of his household. 27. Oh, is he married? Wife. Three up from the bottom. Three up from the bottom? Oh, his good. August? August? Or oh, no, three up from the bottom is eternal. Oh, oh. oh eternal. Oh, huh? no, you said 27? Yeah, 28 20. would be three up from the yeah. bottom. No, it is August. August, that's right. Is August. The Chamberlain, his August. We've got another 30. Of so the D30. David's like, uh, I'm not supporting you guys anymore. You guys are terrible. Six. This should be the name. We should use this to name Carlos's adventure. Well, that, that's right. Number six. Oh, sorry. I'm falling off on the job. Does that say? Oh, potency. Potency. Here's August potency. <laughs> I love it. This, this is my kind of table. Yeah. All right. What's the next one? Uh, 15. 15. Here's August potency number four. Archduke. Oh, now he's, now he's happy. So long. We don't have to give them all these. Things. No, I like. No, absolutely, you do. Now there's. Oh, oh. That, that's sixty of them. It looks like. Yeah, fifteen times four, sixty. Yeah. Okay. Thirty-one. Oh no, I'm sorry. Twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. So that's Twenty, you. and then seven from here. Okay, oh, right, this is fifteen, and then twelve from here. Oh yeah, right? I'm sorry, you're right. 
Shrewd. Shrewd. His po- his August potency arc dude. The, sh- the shrewd. The shrewd. There's a. And then, then what's the last one? Okay, last one's thirty. Last one's thirty. Got to come up with our best official voice for this. Twenty-three. Oh. Guardian of. Guardian of, and then we have to come up with some. Guardian of. Australia. Australia. Exactly. So after you type this, do you want to then make the official, do you want to do the titling to make it official? Yes, well, of course. The ceremony? This will be. This will be official. Well, this is the announcement. At some point, we need to get him on. We'd have to get him back on so he, we could bequeath it on him. Don't you think? Yeah. So when does he start a reign of terror? <laughs> he can start anytime he wants. Okay. He doesn't need to wait for the official a ceremony. He can... Now, now be it proclaimed. And when he appears, we can say, we're now happy to welcome the Chamberlain, his august potency, Archduke, the shrewd guardian of Australia. So congratulations, and uh, we'll need to get you on so we can officially and bequeath this title. But we did want to announce it, like the Nobel Prize, right? They tell you about it, and Mm -hmm. then you come on and and accept it. You can work work on his speech, how he's going to reign in Australia. And what's going to be great is Carlos is going to be blah, 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 blah of... Cleveland. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to be the... No, it, it could be like the Ohio Valley or something. I don't know. Where's Cleveland in the Ohio Valley? That's right. It's, I don't know. Some, we can make it sound a little better. Like yeah, Cleveland. Like, no, we got to do Cleveland. It is Cleveland. It's Sounds better. A, that's right. Overlord of all that's powerful. We're very good. That's awesome. <laughs> Let the reign of terror begin. That's right. Well, okay. it's already started before we got there. Yeah. He's into Cleveland. Okay. Are we on to doors? No, we're on to... Is it... I thought we were doing... Oh, is dwarves first or elves? <laughs> I think you're right. I've, you told me elves and I've... No, 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 no. I said exactly I right. asked if it was elves. You're right. Because you said, right, what order do you want to do it in? Yep. And yep. I said, well, how about the order in the player's handbook? Right. You know what we should do? Dwarves and elves. Okay. That's good. Because in this book... So this is what we looked at. First, we looked at Best of Dragon, uh, Volume 3. Which I'm holding up now. Yeah, I don't know why I'm holding it up. Yeah. And uh, Roger Moore in issue 60, which is also acceptable. Right, but not canon. Not canon. Uh, but it is it is acceptable, at least. And let's see. Well, this order, I believe the order is the order in the player's handbook. Well, no, unfortunately not. It's not? Nope. Tell me the order. Wait, because doors do go first, though, right? Well, yeah, doors are first in the player's handbook. On page 15. Oh, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. Do elves come next? Yeah. And, uh, and then gnomes? I believe Oh, no. So. I think... No- oh, look. Keep going. Did they Did boot gnomes? 58. Dwarves are first in Roger Moore's. Right. Because this is a Dwarves. Okay. El- All right. Then what do you got next? Elven. Correct. What do you have? Uh, halfling. Oh, oh, oh. This is so wrong. Gnomes. And then gnomes. So gnomes got dropped down. Of course. Oh, and half... Well, half elves get treated with... Elves yeah, and that, elves. and then halflings, and then of course, always last is half orc. And somehow he barely put two pages down for. Him. He struggled. He struggled. He got two and a half for halfling. Elves get uh, two and a half pages. So what do you want to talk about? I can talk about elves because you know I've, I've read these, so I'm familiar with these. Well, I think you know, and he acknowledges. I think for me, the. Um, 
you know, it, it kind of starts and ends with Lord of the Rings. I think if you were, if you were not steeped in, uh, if you were not steeped in fantasy literature, if you didn't grow up with that, uh, where you were reading other source materials, then, you know, I think the first time besides maybe in, um, you know, the Keebler elves, you know, you saw commercials can for. I, can I mention, okay, a Keebler elf, I believe, did appear as a as a class, a type of elf. Oh, really? Because, you know, I think, wasn't there something, maybe it was the April issue of Dragon Magazine would have stuff that was, was jokes. Yeah. And I believe there is a Keebler elf. That's what I'm playing next time. No, it's it's yeah, it's awesome because what I really wanted to do was I wanted to have a keeper elf running a bakery, in you know like this whatever your city right. setting is, um, and uh, so yeah, there are keepers. Or elves. and probably if that wasn't or uh, Rudolph the Rendo's reindeer with the elves, sand elves. Oh, that's true. Want so, to be a dentist? Or who wanted to be a dentist? His, sec his, Simon? his secondary skill. Is it Simon? Or his primary. I can't remember. So that would be, that would be his, in his case, the primary, <laughs> primary skill. Primary skill. Secondary skill was toy making. That's right. <laughs> so, but those, I mean, growing up, those were the identified before the Hobbit uh, cartoon came out in, what, 76, 77? I think we went out, we went uh, to see, or it was called Lord of the Rings um, uh, cartoon. There really wasn't, I didn't have that history until started reading Lord of the Rings, whether it was The Hobbit and then the other stories. Um, and so that's to me, is the iconic images. Of oh, I agree. I remember when I was in junior high, for whatever reason, one afternoon, I decided to roll up 13 Dwarven characters. Ah. And I rolled them all up and I brought them to school and I presented them to our DM. I said, look what I've done. And he said, what are you going to do with those? And I said, I don't know. <laughs> and it it's just that was I always remember that. Like, why did I do that? What what a waste of time. But what do you mean what a waste of time? You have an adventuring part. At least you didn't make up 13 gnomes, which by the way, is probably why I'm not a fan of gnomes. Because there's no gnomes in Well, that's Carlos Lysing's point. And he, he thinks he, that that's where it stems from. That and, you know, but I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan. And I uh I don't uh I mean I love gnomes. Well let's can we talk about so if you want to play a dwarf. Right. Where would you go to find information on how I should play this character, right? Because it's, it's not obviously just only Dragon Magazine. Not everyone's going to have access to this. Yep. I, the core books, I believe, right? I, in each, and I think this is what's interesting, in each of the three core books, right. there's bits of information. Tip, like typical with everything else. There's bits of information on them. But right. I, think you need to, I think we need to step back a little bit because one of the things that is a big debate, I don't know if it's a big debate, it's a debate of, do, does it even matter, um, does it even matter how you play? Because again, when you're a player character, all the rules in theory get thrown out as far as how you play them. And so, yeah. um, and, and even the movies kind of, you know, are you really playing I think it's a great opportunity if you read these and take the source material and try to weave that into your character. But the counter argument always is, well, I'm a player character. I'm exceptional. Anyway. Why should I have to play the flitty elf right. or the dour, you know, drinking Scottish dwarf? Because now Scottish, all dwarves are Scottish now. Uh, oh, by the way, first dwarves for me would be Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. I was going to mention, we forgot to mention those. That's right. So now those were a little bit more, those were fairly, they were hardworking, weren't they? They were hardworking. Hi ho, hi ho, it's off to work, I go. Right. Very consistent with D&D &D dwarves. So, you know, 
is it required to play that? Or you can just say, yeah, I'm going to be the brooding um, halfling, or I'm going to be, you know, are you playing them as humans ex emphasizing a certain trait of humanity and that's why they're demi-human? Or are you really going to um, try to embrace that they're alien, they really are alien cultures. You know, they have some commonality. I think in one, I can't remember where it was, but I saw a reference to one of them. There's a, oh, it's probably the monster man with the wars. A reference to them as creatures. Yeah. You're a creature. So I think, you know, that's part of where, as a dungeon master, I think you should have that conversation with your players to say, how are we going to play these? Are these just, you know, different weird humans, or are you going to try to play them as monsters, almost taking the advice uh, that Gary has when playing a monster character, you know, because you would you would enforce if you wanted to play a dragon, you know, which you're allowed to do if if you know Gary says you know, at some point your your player is going to want to play a red dragon, you would want them to not just be a human inside a red dragon. You'd want them to uh, take part of their dragon features and their dragon culture. Yeah. You know, Do you know I, what I'm saying? I know exactly, and I, and I have a couple thoughts on that. And at first, I like to mention that you know, I really like to stick to the, the limited character classes and right. and the professions. And I wonder if that's because I haven't been playing for the past twenty whatever years. So to other people, you know, am I going to reach the point that other people have reached, which is I'm tired of not being able to be X. You know, I've 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 not done this for 30 years now, and I'm over it. I want to. I want to do something different. So I wonder if part of my ability, part of where I'm at right now, with it being limited in terms of races and classes, is because I, I took so long off. But uh, yeah, it's the the, the monster man refers to them as sturdy creatures. I have two thoughts to that. The first one is, I think that if if are if you're going to play a dwarf. Mm -hmm. I think that you should try to play it like a typical dwarf as a default rule. Right. Okay. My second thought on that is, is if you are going to deviate from that, that is absolutely fine. And, you know, Gygax says that the backstory and the personality of the player character should require little DM intervention. You know, Gygax is very clear about that, it seems to me. This is up to the player. That's the fun of the game. The player wants to develop their own character and their own personality. But if I, my thought is that if you are going to play a dwarf and you're going to be different from other dwarves, so, so dwarves are what, typically lawful, right? Okay, right. dwarves. Clearly, despite I think what was said in a sage advice, and I don't know, I don't mean to be smurf sage advice, but I thought that there was... Only when it helps you. Exactly, right? You can pick and choose. Right. Is Sage Advice canon or not canon? Not canon. Oh, Polyhedron's canon. Right. Gotcha. Uh, it said, you know, I think all the wars are, then are lawful good or something. No, no, one, no one follows that, of course. And I'm not sure, I'm not positive Sage Advice said that. But if you're going to play a chaotic good dwarf or chaotic neutral, there clearly are such things. I think that you should explain why. So if you are a dwarf who's chaotic, I think that you should appreciate that you're you're different than yeah. most doors. I, I would think you'd want to create a backstory about, well, okay, how did you turn out different? Why are you different? What impact did this have? Did you leave your community because you're too chaotic? I don't know. So that that's sort of my thoughts. I mean, if you are simply, if you're playing a dwarf different from a typical dwarf, and you're not somehow weaving that into your backstory and acknowledging it as you're doing it, now I'm starting to think, 
Well, you picked a dwarf because you wanted this, whatever stats. Right, the benefits. The benefits of being a dwarf. And you want the benefits of a particular alignment because you want to act a particular way. And that's it. Right. And so that, that's, those are my thoughts. Right, on and I agree. And I, I think that's always the challenge because um, on the one hand, you've got players who, and a lot of the popular um, popular characters, the Drizzt character, who's the, you know, the emo-based uh, drow who came out later, was one of the more popular characters, who was the drow that rebelled against uh, his archetype. Um, so the, the player is going to say, I could do that. But if they're just playing a human and just using the guise of that, then it doesn't seem like it. You really should encourage the your player to take advantage of Using your stand again, again, almost in some ways, it's um, back to you know the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. All the elves are the same. One elf is different. There's a backstory to why it is. I'm okay with that because they've done it not so he can get the dental skill. I, I only want to do this right. so I can get the dental right. skill. Right. I, I don't really care about being an elf. I just want to get that. So um, well, you know, and some of the people in chat, it's. Uh, you can weave it in. It's just, are you going to get some buy-in from the, the the player who's playing it? Or are they just going to, you know, just, uh, they just want the stat block? Well, and, and that really comes down to what you consider role-playing. Yeah. So is role-playing just, I'm going to get to play me going through this adventure and role-play me as just a fighter, but it's me? Or is role-playing, I want to take on a persona that's different? And look, you know what? That's hard. It's hard if you're going to play a dwarf. Mm-hmm. To, uh, for, for a four or five hour game, to play a dwarf is a challenge. Right. Right. And to act like, particularly if it's different. So it's easy. So if I have a gnomish personality, it's easy to play a gnome. Right. It's hard to play a dwarf. I Obnoxious don't and small. Exactly. Oh, okay. Exactly. It's, That's it's, not much of a stretch? It's harder. It's not a stretch for okay. me. It comes naturally. Gotcha. But, but it, you know, if, you don't, if you're not naturally inclined, to, so if you're not what, dour? Right. And taciturn. Taciturn, that's right. And, and humorless, though. I love how Roger Moore disagrees with, he takes issue with things that are in, in the, the core books, which I think is great. I mean, it's, it's funny. You can't yeah. take it seriously, right? Where he says, Single-minded. Well, is- they have a narrow range of interests. So let's. So what do you, you want to talk about dwarven personality or do you want to talk about dwarven classes next? Well, let's, uh, yes. Yes. Whichever way you want to do. Okay, let's talk quickly about the cla- what dwarves can and cannot be. So this is now sort of so... You've cho- this is the pamphlet title. So you've chosen to be a dwarf. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Why? Being a dwarf. Being, that, that, that. being a dwarf. You know, why did, and this is true not just for dwarves, but why do you think Gary Gygax says that so many races can only be clerics as NPCs? Why would that be? I don't, I don't, I've never understood that. I'm, I'm sure there's an answer somewhere. So we know there's dwarven clerics. Right. Yet... Player characters are prohibited. I don't understand why. And I thought I remember reading it at some point somewhere, but I don't, uh, I'm not sure why that's the case. Yeah, because that's the first thing, which is a little unusual, um, to me anyway, is that there are dwarven clerics, but you're not going to be a, P- a dwarven cleric as a PC. And did that change, do you know, in, uh, in UA? Uh, yes. Yeah, so you can be a cleric. So you What's can't- that? What did you say? You came up the with book, the book that shall not be the named. The book that shall not be named. Well, it's just... It, it's the book that shall just, not be named. Okay. If you're not acknowledging, if you're saying basically there's no D&D past 1985, 
Oh, That's think, the book that shall be not named. I, I, I think that it's almost very it's communist. It's very Soviet. My. In fact, I'm going to have like you know they're going to Photoshop out all the uh, these books that are, they're just you don't see them when you're here. I have to mask them because it I just it just had, it it had a different flavor. I got you. And I and, and I want to be clear that I think Guy Gax was was a genius. Um, okay. So, wow. <laughs> so that, that needed to be said. Okay. Well, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> well, I don't want anyone to think you know just because you know. UA is not my cup of tea that I don't acknowledge. Yeah, we talked know. about that last time. We yeah. said that, and I somewhat agree. One, it's a very contentious. In mm-hmm. fact, on Twitter, we were I was talking to people about that. Mm-hmm. That you know, because it be, it marked the one point five. I think your most strongest point is it codified things that you didn't want to have to deal with, maybe necessarily. Right, I'm right. trying. Okay, so you can be a fighter, of course, and you know this is interesting too. And obviously, this was I think part of Gygax's attempt to make sure there were more human players was exactly. that you, you can't, you're limited as a fighter. So in other words, you think you would think a dwarf would be just as skilled as a fighter, as a human, but they can't, it's up to level nine. And then it, you know, if you've got strength that is, is lower, uh, then you're limited as well. A lot of things you can't be a paladin, a ranger, you can't be a magic user. You can't be an illusionist. This is why of course they're going to get increased magic resistance, right. right? Cause they're not very magical. So the, the con is they can't, be spellcasters, but the the benefit is they're going to get increases. Well, they're highly resistant to magic, and so okay. that's that's kind of the argument for that. Right. These are on. I love how everyone pretty much except for half orcs can be unlimited as as a thief. So I don't know if that suggests it doesn't take a lot of skill. I don't, but everyone pretty much is a thief. They can be an assassin and they can't be a monk. So if you're going to be a dwarf, there are some limitations. Right, and. Um couple of things that Roger Moore, and I think we should go over the source material. I mean, there's probably plenty. Uh, Best of Dragon 3, Monster Manual, Player's Handbook, and DMG have parts of the, uh, where we're getting this material from. And I think really the best place is Roger Moore. Sorry, if you're gonna play a dwarf, you wanna take it really seriously, and you wanna get into the spirit of what a dwarf is like. Now again, it's not canon, right? but I think it is, it really helps frame uh, you know, uh, what you should be uh, aiming for if you're playing a dwarf. And he synthesizes uh, these other books with this article. Right. From, right. in this case, Dragon number 58. And he says here, this article is a set of guidelines for playing dwarven characters. So again, it's not a hard and set rule. I just think what we're all, I think we're both in agreement that players, if they're going to be a demi-human, they're going to be an other thing behind human Make an attempt to, to weave in something beyond exaggerating a human trait. Tr- figure out uh, that. Uh, so, and I like to mention too, so, well, we should probably have an entire episode on UA, because you know, I don't want this to evolve into to UA discussion. <laughs> but okay, remember we were talking about last time, number appearing? Right. And how it's just, and, and at the beginning of the Monster Man, it says it's flexible. Right. This, this absolutely proves it. Because the, the number of doors appearing, 40 to 400. <laughs> so if that rule wasn't flexible, that would mean doors never travel in fewer than a group that's of 40. 40. That's right. Like we, we're 39. We can't leave the house. We need a 40th. That's right. So that's clear, yes. So I, I think that's in their, their, their name. You would have house. thought they put 13. You would have thought they Just did. as another dig at uh, saying, no, this is not based on Lord of the Rings. We totally made this up separately. Right, exactly, the 13. Uh, so what I thought was interesting is they are very intelligent, which right. means if you look at the beginning of the Monster Manual, 
Yeah. Very in, so very intelligent is 11 to 12. So what is the what's the average on uh, 3d6? No, I was going to say 4d6 drop. So I was wondering why they don't get plus 1, but I mean I guess it's they're not even though they're very intelligent, I guess the die 4 with dropping the the lowest is going to get you because it's what, 10 and a half without it. That's right. Average. That's right. So you would not have, so that makes sense that you wouldn't have the plus one. So they're very intelligent and they are, they're lawful good, typically. Right. Uh, the monster manual. If you meet them in the wild. As if you meet to, 40 of them, 40 to 400, they'll be lawful good. Right, right. Most of them will be. If you meet one in a dungeon, he's chaotic, neutral. Right. Of course. With evil tendencies. With e <laughs> That's right. It's shaking you down. Right. They can have psionics. That's an unusual, true. see now that says in unusual characters. Does that mean you would you give a dwarf a, if you use psionics? Yeah. Well, another, I don't, I've never used psionics. I don't even know what they, what they do. Well, we uh, we are because um, we you know a this already was a Gonzo campaign. Um, we did at one point we didn't have any clerics. You mean Gonzo when I handed it over to you? Yes, that's that's my term for Ed and Dan handed <laughs> over this to me. Well, we have dwarven paladins. They don't exist. Anywhere. Mm -hmm. You made your own UA, DA, Dan's, Dan's Arcana. And uh, um, someone, one of the monk characters, yep. one of our monks. Wasn't DOA? No, it wasn't DOA, fortunately. <laughs> well, he's, he's, he, oh, he didn't come on the adventure. That's why he survived. But he allegedly claimed that he rolled, and I'm not going to doubt him, that he rolled uh, Sonic. So I'm like, okay, sure. We'll see what it is. And I know that. Uh, oh, for the Dwarven Paladin? Yeah. Oh, so yeah, so what my No, not the Dwarven. That's that's Lane's oh. character. Oh. Another another uh, person. Oh. Another would character. you allow so the fact that it says possible to exist in unusual characters, would you then make the would you make it tougher for the character on their psionic role if they were a dwarf? No. No. I, if they're a player character, they should get the same role as any player character, unless there was a specific thing. I got you. What's interesting is Moradin doesn't have psionics, which is what Roger Moy points out that why would the god of dwarves not have psionics? Typically, uh, but and he's basically he gives a reason for it, and I guess it's okay. Basically, keeping his thoughts to himself. I don't know if that's right. Reasonable, you know. Sometimes we have to take what could be a discrepancy and try to fit some logic behind it. But so this, so in the monster man, some of the things that I find be interesting is that did you know that they are likely to have? They are sixty percent likely to have tamed animals to serve as guards in their lair. No, that's awesome. Yes, 5 to 20 wolves, a 25% chance, and a 75% chance, of course, if you have the 60% that they have guard, 2 to 8 brown bears. See, that'd be great. So that is interesting. So, you know, if you had a character who said, well, I want to bring along a wolf or something, yeah. you know, I mean, that wouldn't be, you know, they guard the lair. But, so that's interesting. So they, 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 they seem to get along with wolves. Aren't wolves, are wolves? It's got to be neutral. A wolf has to be neutral. Unlike yeah, only a wargs, right? Only wargs are evil. Right. Uh, maybe winter wolf is evil, too. And brown bears Oops. are lawful good, aren't they? Brown bears are not lawful. Brown, brownies <laughs> are lawful good, but not brown bears. Oh, but they're so. They're lawful good like a gnome is or something. They're very, right, mischievous. Um, okay. Brownies, yes. So another thing that I thought was interesting in the Monster Man that I learned. Well, I didn't learn this. I knew that they get the plus one of their die rolls, because they absolutely hate goblins, orcs, and hobgoblins. Now, I have to remember this. Some of those hate, right, do goblins, I think, do goblins hate dwarves? Yes. So 
if you've got a dwarf, and I always forget to do this as a DM, if you've got a dwarf at the party, try to remember who hates whom. Right. So if you run into some goblins, those goblins might gang up, right, on, say, a dwarf or something like that, right? I try to forget that. Yeah. This, this other issue comes up a lot. The fact that these particular monsters deduct four from their die rolls to hit dwarven opponents, right? These ogres, mm -hmm. trolls, and giants. Well, understandably, you know the question that comes. So they're fighting an Etten. And the dwarf asks what? Do, does the Etten get a minus? Right. Because, and, and how do you play that? Because only these are listed. It's not like Gary Gygax didn't know there were other large, he didn't say large character uh, right. monsters. He listed three. So how do you play that? I would play it, uh, do I like the player? Excellent. <laughs> Do, can I show favoritism? No. I didn't need that. I, I, I need to read your guide to DMing. That's right. Pamphlet. Do I like these people? Right. Have they, bought, have they pestered me for every single rule? Right. Have they been annoying? That's when you bring out these dice. If, you right. know, the dice that have one has, you know, the Bob, uh, right? And, and Bob, you guys, yeah. uh, Bob, I think, got them printed up, but you guys are all behind it, which is very nice. Got me some dice, right? 3D printed. One has all 20s. Yeah. And one has all ones. Very I, useful. I would say that um, for me, at least with, uh, I would probably allow it just because you're, then the argument was, why wouldn't Ettens be there? Is it more likely that the Etten was missed because it was a mistake or was it a, 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 an omission? Well, I think... It generally hasn't our, our approach has been Gygax by default. We say Gygax knew what he was, unless Gygax comes later and mm -hmm. says, I made a mistake. Like right. I think as he did with Haplings, the dexterity issue. Right. We assume he knew what he was doing. So, and, and you know, it's a slippery slope, isn't it? Because then it's like, well, this is bigger. Every time it's a large one, I, I would tend to say it's just these yeah, because the challenge is if you start that, like I said, dice roll because of the dwarf's small size and combat ability against these much bigger creatures. And you could argue that there's something about the way those creatures are. It's not just that they're bigger, but it's something about those creatures that make it particularly... Look, again, I'm just trying to... Right. I'm not saying that makes a ton of sense, but just trying to justify why you would limit it to those. Well, as part of it, you could have said, well, it's familiarity with them. That's right. Why. I like well, that too. how much Titans are they dwarves fighting? Oh, so what you're saying is it's not so much simply that the, it's hard for the monsters to hit because of the monster's size. It's also because the dwarves are familiar with these monsters, right. know their size, know right. how to avoid it. That's, that's, the, that's the idea with the ranger, why they get a bonus to hit against giant class because they're trained killers to attack. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so in the player's handbook, it says um, subtract four from these rolls because of the dwarf's small size and combat ability against these much bigger creatures. So, you, if you read it literally, these, these are the ones that they these put. These right. much bigger, not much bigger. These much bigger. Right. The word these. Uh, no, I agree. But I then, agree. Yeah. so then, but what's what's the rationale for these ones? Because okay. they fight. Well, well, if, if it's who cares, then. All right, folks. Thanks. You know, and 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 this this is the this is the sad thing about. I mean, there's a lot of sad things about Gary's passing, of course. But you know, not having access to ask him anymore. And I know, of course, he went on to it. I think N World, and he went on to Dragon's Foot. And yeah. so, you know, if you read through all those, maybe we find some of these answers. I'm sure there. I'm sure there would be some 
someone who pretended to be Gary Gygax and, and put something up there. <laughs> that wasn't actually him. Okay, so uh, dwarves are also, so we have a description of dwarves. Mm-hmm. And they are, oh, I thought, hey, this was, this was very interesting. Before we get to description, it, in the monster minute, it's 75% likely that dwarves will also speak the common language. I just assumed all dwarves knew common. Right, and that's obviously not true. But all player character dwarves know All common. player characters. Right, because they, they're, they're world. And that should be part of their, exactly. I think that's a good opportunity to put that in um, their backstory. Why are they uh, so worldly? Right. Why, why? Why did they? Why did they head on out? So, and, and again, if I think if you're not if your alignment is anything other than lawful good, you want to do some explaining in your backstory. Uh, so there's a description. I think you should describe your door. For example, their hair is either brown, black, or gray. I think you should identify what your door looks like. Right. And right. especially, um, you know, again, it's interesting because under racial tendencies under the DMG, which would be the last of the books, not including the later books, which again, Vic asked, um, you know, do you include monsters from the Monster Manual 2 and Fiend Folio when it comes to uh, getting the minus four? Well, as we know in that book that shall mm -hmm. be not named, for those who've read it, Ranger, they extend the giant class uh, creatures that uh, get the extra bonus. Oh, damage. they say that? What is, is it indicated under each one that's considered a giant class that's or just somewhere? They extend more of them on there. Mm -hmm. yeah, because, again, there's Dean Foley has new giants, Monster Manual 2 has new giants, so they've added them to it. But on page 16, oh, this is also very interesting. So page 16 of both books talk about dwarves. Uh, in Dungeon Master Guys, dwarves tend to be dour and taciturn. They're given to hard work and care little for most humor. So again, you're supposed to be Dower, they're strong and brave, they enjoy, so they're very arch, you know, archetype dwarf. They like stronger drink, their chief love is precious metal, particularly gold, they enjoy gems. And those of opaque of nature, except pearls, they don't like pearls. Oh, interesting, they don't like pearls. They like the earth and dislike the sea. And here's one of the contentions, consider, you know, are female dwarves bearded? Yeah, now it says, well, well, Gygax says, considering that their women tend to be bearded too, yeah. so 10. So that means more than half, I think, are in fact bearded. I don't know why this is an issue of contention. Because it says women tend to be bearded as well. Yeah, and so, I mean, and it says it right in the DMG, right? It says right there, right? Yeah, in the DMG page 16, there's a comment to the effect that dwarves are more forward in their behavior towards females without beards, since dwarven women tend to be bearded too. Well, this, okay, so this is the, con so the first thing that's not a controversy is that we know most dwarven women mm -hmm. are bearded. Right. This is not, uh, uh, are they bearded or they and, are. And, they, and, and here, Roger Moore says to disregard that statement. No, no, he's, I think, no, he's disregarding. So here's where the controversy, okay. I believe, comes along. Is not the part about the bearded, okay. but about how dwarves behave toward someone who's not bearded. Is it uh, though? Is, is this reference by Gagax about dwarven approaches toward all females of all races? Oh, or is it about non-bearded women? Because what it says, dwarves. Because what it says is, uh, where is it considering that their women tend to be bearded too? Comma. So no controversy there. Here's the controversial part. It is not surprising that some dwarves are somewhat forward in their behavior towards females not so adorned. So the question is, was Gygax talking about 
all female. So is a dwarf going to be forward? And I think what Gygax was talking about was, look, we don't know for sure, but it sounds like that they would like hit on maybe. Right. Are they hitting on, wait, well, I don't know, wait, why did I say that? I mean, that doesn't make sense. Why? Because if they're not, if they like. Don't hurt yourself. Am, am I, yeah. <laughs> Will you be able to edit this? this is, no, it's live. There's people watching this. So what does that mean be forward? Does that mean that they think of them as like men? Yeah, so, it, so Vic, Vic is warning you. He's saying, don't go down this road, but you've started. Go ahead. <laughs> the road that shall not be traveled. Yeah. No, no, I don't think they are hitting on them. It sounds to me like what Gygax was talking about is being forward. Because, like, let's say they chum it up with other dwarven guys. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. It's okay. I don't know. Don't what does it yourself. mean? Well, now, you know, you, the, you take over. No, no, I didn't go. This. I was just starting You were smart enough to avoid this. And so he said, here. The persons who have had the audacity to ask dwarves whether they like bearded women or not usually have been given stony stares. So he's, he's going with, um, basically, it should be a non sequitur. It's a, it's a non sequitur. Don't yeah, I don't know that. what that means. If some dwarves are somewhat forward in their behavior toward females not so adorned. What females? What does forward mean? So this is confusing. Right. And I think that's what... If I recall, I think that's what Moore was talking about, was to disregard that part, I think. Well, and again, it goes back to, it would be interesting. Like, I could see some of our players, and if they started playing dwarves, um, really trying to encourage some of this, as long as it's taken in fun, and you have a party that takes it in fun. This could go horribly wrong sideways. To, to everyone's point, why did he go there with this? Why well, yeah, because Moore, Moore says, so Moore says, he doesn't like it because it not only does identify which females, but he also says it doesn't make any sense because they're not prone to mate with others outside of their race. So right. he seemed to be suggesting, not me, right. Roger Moore seemed to be suggesting the forward reference was referring to some sort of uh, physical attraction. All right. So Moving on. Should we, doors. Door. You know, so should we talk about doors? Right, doors exactly. <laughs> That's my say. When, 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 when I'm in a quagmire, I just shift to doors. Do well, we talk about all the doors? That's possible. Not so dwarves. Doors are not necessarily. So, one of the areas where Roger Moore takes issue right. with Gygax is whether they are always dour and taciturn and have no sense of humor. Right. He says they can, right? That they can joke about, you know, if they like to poke, poke fun at other races that think something's difficult, they joke around about how, ah, that was quite. Basically, it reminds me of Gimli. I think Gim when I read Roger Moore's article, right. it reminded me of the way Gimli was portrayed, and I'm sure it was consistent with the books, faithful to the books, is, was, was Gimli from Lord of the Rings, right? Sort of basically dour and taciturn, but um, he had a little bit of a, he had a rise sense well, of humor and, at times. And the, I think Gygax's version, I'm sure he was influenced by other books, but it's more of the Hobbit, you know, dwarves, who were generally kind of jerks. Especially um, Thorin, or whatever the leader of him, oh. he's a jerk. Why was Thorin a jerk? He's he could have stopped a war. I'm not going to go sideways here, but he's like, oh, that's all that. That's my money. He was more concerned. Oh, about at the end there, very greedy. Oh, yes, the whole time he was kind of a. Well, they, you know, they dug too deep. I've heard that. <laughs> 
That's what I've heard. <laughs> Looking for beardless dwarves. That's yeah, why. Yeah, right. And Look. getting Gandalf. And then they're like, yeah, Gandalf, you handle that. Right. Get on that bridge. Yeah. So <laughs> no, I, make sure that, that maybe thing that's doesn't the pass. adventure. You know, Carlos, if he's listening, maybe that's the adventure. A group of dwarves are looking for beardless dwarves at the center of the earth. Isn't that like one of those uh, like Burroughs Mart? You know, journey to the center of the earth. They've taken our they've taken our beardless women or something like that. They just left. Oh yeah, they left us with. They thought they were men. <laughs> 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 they, took, they took our only beardless. They, yeah, that's what happened. There was an aberration. There was like a, there was a bearded woman. Right. And 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 they took somebody took all of the women except that because they didn't realize that. And exactly. that was, so they all had to mate with that woman, oh. and it carried on. The, that's what happened. Okay. I can think this could be Carlos's adventure. Yeah, I think he's just decided he's going to not come now. He's like, <laughs> he has a conflict. I, I've made a terrible mistake. Oh, I'm sorry. I had a dentist. I made a dentist appointment for October. That's right. Eleventh, the root canal. Right. I'm sorry, guys. On Saturday. Guys. On Saturday. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> it's the only time he could get yeah, me. In. He's very good. He's, he's very booked. Good. <laughs> what about the twelfth? Could you? No. No, I'm, I'm going to be pain medication. He yeah. says I can't fly. No, can't go anywhere. Can't fly after root canal for two days. You want me to create a module where there's one bearded woman who is the the lustful attraction of all the dwarven race? Yeah, that's yeah, the mother of all dwarves. That's that's disturbing. So if you play a dwarf, uh -huh. I think it, when you're you should really be wanting all the gems. So like, let's say you come upon a treasure, right? And there's gems in particular. <laughs> exactly. You want you want to get that stuff, right? I mean, you should play with. So it's not. Most, I think most of the time you play in which the treasure you want is magical items that are good for your character. I get that. Right. And then the rest of the stuff is just to be sold. Communal. Is communal. But I would think that if someone playing a dwarf would want to be saying, well, wait, time out, guys. When we divide this up, I would like, let's not just sell all the, it's not, you know, the money. I want the gems. I'll deduct it from the rest of it. But I want, and, and I would think that you would be hoarding gems and not right. selling them, right? Because Exactly. And, and I, what I thought was interesting in Roger Moore's article is that he said that dwarves typically, make, you know, they use their money to make more money. Yeah. So you should- They're very thrifty and industrious. Right. So you shouldn't just be spending all your money on new web, this and that, right? You should be trying to, what, I guess, invest it. Right. Look at getting a money manager. Right. In the dwarf stock market. Right. Building a business, trading. Right. Exactly. And making more money. Right. I, I think the the- this is, again, another challenge of if you're trying, as the DM, if you're trying to push this on your players, it's not going to work. They're going to have to be invested in doing that. They're going to want to have to read some of this. And again, I don't, I don't know players, at least currently, either they are so grizzled, we have our old school players, who their understanding of D&D, &D, while they understand the lore, they don't spend a whole lot of time dealing with it they're just focused on what character is this party need so that we can achieve our mission not playing a thing or you have you have new players who are more amenable to it but they don't have any of the background they just they may have one reference point and they right. don't know how to explain it so as a dm you're gonna have to put some time in to if you want this type of role playing i think people are amenable to it but they're just they're gonna need some help right i think i know i shouldn't go back here but I keep reading this line. I think what this oh. means. Uh, I think what this means is that I should have. I brought the DMG up. That was my fault. That was your fault. What I think this means is that since most are bearded, right, and most men, most, do not necessarily want a bearded woman. 
This means that if you don't, if you're a dwarf female and you don't have a beard, you are particularly desirable. And that's why they tend to be forward with you because they are trying to- uh, it's, hair, it's heroism. It is. That's what you're basically It should saying. be against the law. It's heroism. It is. I think that that's why they, they tend to woo. They get a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. That, that's what I think. Interesting. Is there, uh, so uh, you talked about people might play a dwarf just because they want some of the benefits of it. They're able to detect things. And I think dwarves, I know that I forget about it when, you know, uh, if, if, if a player has a PC and they've got a dwarf, I oftentimes forget they have this ability. They can detect things. Right. right uh, that other characters can't. Absolutely. Right. And, and, but they've got to be concentrating. So this is not like an elf, I believe, with a concealed door where just walking by it right. gives you a one in six chance of recognizing it. You've got to be actually concentrating on this. And I noticed you have to be within. Yeah, this is on page 15 of the player's handbook. Right. Starting yeah. with that. Right. And going over to 16. You've got to be within 10 feet of it. Uh, but you can detect grade and slope and passage upwards or downwards, which is nice because, you know, most of the time, you want to be heading down, don't you? As a party, isn't isn't the stuff down? I yes, mean, typically the cr- good stuff's at the bottom. Right. So, you know, if you don't, if you're trying to detect, and unless I've it's had, a castle, then it's the other way. Oh, right. The, the peach pit thing. It's it's right. in it's it's in the center. Right. So you can detect grades or slope and path, which is nice because if you want to make sure that you're not going up, you're going down. That's very nice. New construction or passage um, in a tunnel. Uh, we had a player character do that recently in one of my games. Wanted to know if it was new construction, which can be very helpful. Yeah. Because if you know something's in an older part, I mean, who knows? There could be a reason why it matters if it's new construction or old. I think it's. I think this is something that we should, if the players are using it, you should take advantage of it. And, you know, when other players who don't have that skill just don't automatically give out that information. I know we're not talking about gnomes. But talking about gnomes, this is why you should, I'm, just, I'm not gonna let you get it. I don't know what you're gonna say, I don't want you to say it. There's only one good thing about being a gnome. They can talk to birds. That's what I was gonna bring up. And that was my point. <laughs> that was my point. There's a lot, well, I shouldn't say there's a lot. I don't know why I'd say that. But I think there's some DMs that when you try to talk to the burrowing animal, they're like, really? And Yeah, like, like you, I try to use the burrowing animals and I got one squirrel and he didn't know anything. Well, that's because he didn't know anything. I said, get your friends. He didn't have any friends. He was a solitary. He's not your, he doesn't work for you. Okay. Well, you're suggesting this is an example of someone who's. Right. No, no, no. I go talk to the squirrel. I use, I take advantage of the one thing that makes them different than a gnome. And I agree. They shouldn't be telling other special base. I, uh, someone in the chat said, you know, it's right. It's not the DM's prerogative. No, it's not. It's clear there. So I knew of this skill. Uh, when I was Twinkly, Twinkly, Twinkly? Twinkly Pew? Twinkly Pew. Twinkly Pew. Anyway. No, I wouldn't have done. Did I have your name Twinkly? I can't remember. Twinkly. No, Winkly. <laughs> Winkly Pew. Winkly Pew. It was some weird <laughs> child torture <laughs> clown. It's well, it's like Periwinkle, whatever the, whatever the guy from It, right? He's like, I'm gonna, he's, I just see him as a small clown. That's what I look at. It's <laughs> horrifying. Anyway, so I try to use the squirrel. I say, where's the bird? I can't constantly, we get the squirrel. I talk to the squirrel. You said, oh, he doesn't know anyone and he's not your friend. He doesn't want to talk to you. No, I think, didn't he say best and things had come through? Yeah, he was very, he was very, uh, I would think a squirrel who's being talked to by a large creature would be immediately enamored by that. Did you feed him? I tried to. I gave him one of the berries that we found. (laughs) 
Okay, so, well, uh, I guess it's a continuum. But there's some there's some DMs that it's like no there's nothing yeah no, no not, in fact there's no they've been all killed there's no why exactly it's 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 completely silent an eerie <laughs> silence you just you see a carcass you see a out. skin you see it you find a squirrel's skin that's right they've all been skinned skin. laid out they're being dried out <laughs> right the dead okay I do I do a talk where's the cleric <laughs> speak with dead furry animals. <laughs> Has anyone ever used I, I don't know. Yeah, well wait, the problem though is, well, no, you could have wait, no, how can you can't do that? So let's say I've got a gnome and I've got a clear, because you can't A druid should be able to do speak with dead animals. That should be a spell they should learn. Because you can't use a speak with dead scroll on an animal. Well, if you're no. a cleric, you could. A cleric you could. But they're that they're so I'd have to hire an NPC. An NPC a gnome cleric. To bring along. Right. We're we, on gnomes again? We really shouldn't use our material for gnomes. Right. So dwarves have, my point was, you should let the gnomes run with that, although you, you called me out on that. Yeah, you I, were the one who brought up gnomes in the first place. You said, I don't want to talk about gnomes, but I'm going to talk about And then gnomes. you said, I don't even, I'm not and even I'm going good, to be vigorously right. defending the right. anti-gnome thing. You can't just throw that in when, so you either gonna, stick with dwarves. Or stick with dwarves. Okay. Detect sliding or shifting walls or rooms. Do yeah. you permit that to detect secret doors? Detect sliding or shifting walls is, is a secret door. Let's say it slides. I guess it's got to slide. If a secret door slides, does it, do you allow? So here's what I would say about that. that. I would say if you actually knew the secret, because one of the challenges with some of the modules is they don't provide, they just say there's a secret door and they don't provide any what it truly is and how to open it, which again, as we've talked about right. doors, episode four, that's an area that if you're writing an adventure um, and good adventures, I know a lot of the DMs we've talked to, if they have time, they put in, yes, you must you know, move the statue and it opens the door. If the door is yeah. sliding, mm -hmm. I would argue that they could take advantage of that because there's a mechanism that the idea is there's some mechanical feature of it. Right. But if it's just a door that pops open, that's hidden, or not hidden, it's actually secret, but it doesn't have a mechanism that slides it, then right. it would just be, you don't get the advantage. Okay, I buy that. And what I think is interesting about these is, does the gnome get a tingle? So the gnome is standing there. Only with swords. Right, because the gnome is standing Why are you talking about gnomes? Stop with the gnomes. Did I say gnomes? Yes. I got gnomes on the brain. Enough with the gnomes. A dwarf, yes. a dwarf is standing there. And how does he, he just senses it? It's like elves, you just sort of sense that uh, it's there. Detecting traps involving pits, comma, falling blocks, and other stonework. I want to ask you about other stonework. So is this any trap that involves stone? So any trap that involves stonework right. would be you'd get a 50% probability. I agree. I love how it's a 50% probability. And then in parentheses, it says you, you're supposed to roll a D4, a one or two, or a D6. So does that mean you have to? So let's say you can't roll a percentile. Don't you find it odd that it tells you what like, die you have to you're you know, supposed to use? This is pretty early in the book where they may, I mean, did they assume? Well, that's true. Players are like, they're reading it for the first time, right? They're just right. up to page 16. How yeah. do I do it? And even in this one, it doesn't even talk about what dice you have. Well, the nice thing in the old days You'd have to roll, well, wait, I don't know why I said that. You have to roll percentile cards, two dice. Maybe you only want to roll one. Right. Determine appropriate depth underground. So that, that's pretty nice, too. So uh, don't forget, if you're playing a dwarf, don't forget these skills, because they can definitely come, come in handy. 
See, and one of the, our chatters say these fat features take 10 minutes. I didn't think it took 10 minutes. I think some of them could, like searching uh, could take 10 minutes, but some of the other ones I would have thought was only a minute to use their dwarf ability. Like detecting- Cause you're, Yeah, because you're not, you're not using your, so like if you're a thief or you're an elf, right? And you're, yeah. and you're looking for a cedar, you're actually walking, I assume, with your hands and inspecting it all. This you're getting the, the tingle. Right, right. You're just you're standing. You're calibrating your altimeter and trying to figure out where you're at for for depth in so underground. So if, if you're if you're at a party and you just see the dwarf just sitting there, kind of gazing into the distance, you know, expressionless. Right. I guess they're they're concentrating. Right. They're concentrating. And I would and and again, I think that's a good point. Maybe you use it by well, determine is that one minute or ten minutes or are these all ten minutes? I think. Uh, you know, it should take some time. Does it matter? I, you'd have to be keeping pretty strict track of time. Well, I, tr I mean, to me, that's, or, you got to keep track of time. I know, I'm bad at that. Players say, what time is it? You, well, the whole game is based on that. I know, but it's very time consuming. And when you really, time. what's really fun is after five turns of up, you all have to rest for a turn. That's when I love doing that. That's fun. <laughs> What do you mean? Right. It says it's in the book. After five it turns does. of adventuring, you have to take a turn of rest. You want to look. You want people to start looking at you funny. That's that's fifty minutes, right? Is that a yeah? Turn? After five, yeah. After fifty minutes, they're supposed to rest a turn. Oh, so that's actually pretty easy. So every hour, yeah. you got to rest ten minutes. So fifty minutes, right? And then oh, it's like now maybe that's a law. You think that could be like a break law? Like a, maybe that's like a Greyhawk break kind of rule. Union? Yeah, they, they, they negotiated that. The Adventurers Guild. Fifty minutes. That's right. You know, that would be a lot of fun if there actually wasn't. A, 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 yeah, like what if the guild actually had some sort of rule? Like, the so the monsters are union bashers, basically. They're, they don't, because they don't, if you were resting, they'll attack yes, you. So they're, they are. They're, the, they're scabs. They're for, <laughs> forced muscle <laughs> for the union bosses, <laughs> for, the, for the man. So oh, you, right, right, for the employer. So, so, so you're actually the workers' party. Yes. That's what the adventure character. Yeah, but you know what's no, what's interesting. interesting? Yeah, but no, no. What's interesting though is, so let's say you got your typical four, your party okay. with four different. You got the magic user, the thief, the fighter, and the cleric. They all come from different unions. Right. So the magic user, they're like, hey, get in there and do this, and the magic user is like, I'm on a break, dude. That's right. <laughs> because he's got his own contract. But they're tr fighting the forces of chaos, which is non-union people. Well, now that is interesting. Yeah, right. that especially if you go back to the old alignment, law versus chaos. right. That's what it all. So you've got a bunch. It's almost like the AFL-CIO. All these unions have come together mm -hmm. to defend the union way against a bunch of non-union people. Right, and they've all they've all got their own contracts. Right, they have their different perspective, but they and generally you, agree upon this idea of ten-minute breaks. So this is 15. a union job, right? <laughs> well, so well they, that's they've all agreed on that. So, right. this, so this is a union job, right? Everyone's got the cleric has to agree that the magic user is gonna we're gonna comply with the magic users. Well, that would be in the agreement, right? That would be in the agreements. Their roles within the team, right? And so the magic, I'm not going into combat, right? Why not? I don't Clearly. have to. It you know this makes a lot more sense now. Yeah, because there's an agreement now. You're not right. just—it's not an implied agreement. There's a formal. And agreement, what you should do, which is, you would love. So you know, yes, and the NPC that goes along with you is the union steward. That's right. <laughs> Make sure. Let's drop steward. Steward, it's break time. That's right. I'd like to file a complaint, a grievance. Arbitrage <laughs> yeah. so, goes to arbitration. So this is, yeah, guilds. Same thing, I think. So uh, another thing we have to work on in our charter is we're going to have to have a guild contract. 
when you engage in um, an endeavor. And this is how this should have happened. No, this is really a good idea because you remember we had this adventure where you guys were unhappy because the ranger found a secret door, Mm -hmm. went off on his own, had a little, what I thought was a mini epic adventure. I had a lot of fun running it, but you guys, it's not so much fun if if you're just sitting around, (laughs) sitting. It's fun when you're in the epic adventure. But if I was a union employee, would I mind? As long as it's in my agreement, I would be okay with it. You can out your bologna sandwich. Right. Break time. As long as this doesn't count as my official break. Well, let's say. Right, I understand that. Right. This would not supersede my... That's what you would say. Absolutely. This doesn't doesn't count against... So what should have happened was, because you guys talked to him after the fact. That's not the way it should have gone down. You needed to file a complaint with the the unit steward and, and potentially... This could have gone into some sort of arbitration as to whether he was going to be disciplined. Right. Well, for... he would file an appeal on the grievance. Sure. I could file a grievance. It would go to the union. And then, well, who's representing management? This is this? getting complicated. Right. Exactly. I think you should. This is your first paper on be fascinating, union right? law. Union law Guild and D&D. Law and D&D. Yeah. Guild law. Write, so, that, right. con- write that contract. So but somehow we derivated Anything. Away. Okay. Back to dwarves. So, uh, so I think anywhere between a minute and 10 minutes, I think, you know, um, you certainly don't want it to be where they're just walking down the passageway and going, oh, I detect, I'm why did I detect the slope or trap? Absolutely. I'm, I'm doing it very quickly as a DM because it just says they have to concentrate. So they're not getting all touchy with it. And I view it like a, uh, an elf who is concentrate. Cause when an, actually an elf, right? When an elf is is checking for secret doors. Right. If they are just, well, actually, you've got to actively search for secret doors. The concentrating, I think, is just the concealed door. Right. But I just view that as you're walking around. And so I'm going to do it pretty quickly. I think you can do, so you dwarf the room. Like you elf oh. the room, right? You, you dwarf the room, which is you walk around it and you're concentrating and you can do, you can circumnavigate it. Well, they have a three and six chance if it's a, a specific type of door then. So they'd actually be super powerful in, in your world doing this. If it's a sliding door. Right. Or... Uh, so you dwarf the room, concentrating for... Sliding walls or rooms. Well, that's why I asked you. Does that count as a door? So is a secret door count as a wall? Or if it was sliding, I would say yes. Because it's part of the wall. Yeah. Okay. okay. I would go with that. Okay. Okay. So dwar- should dwarves- anyway, I would look. I would. I would say anywhere between a minute and ten minutes. I think depending on, and I think this is where the DM's prerogative is. Why would searching for doors in a ten by ten foot area, which does take ten minutes per the DMG, why would that take? Why would the dwarves checking for a sliding wall take less than? 10 I minutes? think because I think it's the difference between having to do it physically versus mentally. <laughs> so uh, the elf. Or, or any case, Here, and here's another thing is, I don't know, whenever there's an elf in the party, mm-hmm. the elf is also in search of secret doors and no one else is. I mean, we've said this many times. Everyone can search for secret doors. Right, and, and you, they should. You want to find a secret door. You know, if you're missing a secret door, that's not good. And so everybody, if you've got the time, everybody in the party should be searching for the secret door, not just the elves. It's kind of like going with a door. You should do multiple people trying to do a door every time. I think the dwarf is just concentrating. They're just, I don't think you need to spend as much time. Mm-hmm. You know, I see the elf or anybody search for secret door is that they're closely inspecting the door. Right. It's very time consuming. They're going basically block by block. But the dwarf is just standing there and within a 10 foot, it's like detect evil. How long does it take to, okay, how long is it detect good or that. detect evil? Around. A minute. 
Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I see. I think it's more like a detect evil than it is. And the only reason it takes a minute, the way I think it is, it's not just you can't just sit there. You have to get into the state and and concentrate and take a bit. And people talk. Other people can talk, but you can't. Yeah, zone them out. Because they wanted white noise. Because that's every the player wants to do that all the time. They want to do this. They want to go. I'm going to pretend I'm talking, but I'm actually you know mentally detecting if there's evil on you. Right. Even though you'd have to be super evil or good for me to figure that right. out. Okay, right. should dwarves always bring booze? Yes. Wait, for, you for, think so? For this. Yeah. They're they should, drinkers. They're real drinkers. So they should basically, they should have mead or beer with them. Right. And they should be drinking it. Uh, significantly. Yeah, they're, they're well, if, if you go by the Gygax version, which is that they're very dour and hardworking, that after their shift, if they've done their eight hours or whatever the union requires, they... They're off, off the clock, and they're allowed to drink. And Oh, you obviously haven't read the Dwarven Agreement. They, I think they're entitled to drink even on the clock, aren't oh, they? Oh, really? No, I don't know. I just say that. I think that goes against uh, guild adventuring rules, safety in, in the workplace. But couldn't you, the OSHA rules? Yeah, the version of OSHA. <laughs> couldn't, you, couldn't you see? I, I don't know. I can see a dwarf drinking alcohol before going into into the fight. I, I, I Well, again... If, we also have to think about drinking as it was in the day when water was disgusting and, and full of parasites that a lot of times various liquors were provided just as, you know, as a disinfectant that it was safer to drink beer or wine than it was to drink oh, water. Right. And a lot of times it was watered down so you could drink it throughout the whole day and not get completely schwingald. And, and a lot unless of... You were, unless you were an alcoholic, then you just drank the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, a lot of us never That's stopped. Right. We, just, we just kept going. So... Uh, yeah, exactly. That's what people are saying. Shall we talk about? Oh, here. So, uh, so it says on page. So this is why we have a. This is why we have a community. David so, Thompson. Oh, you. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, my apologies, sir. Where's yeah. his title? His title's up here. It's it just. Can we just shorten it by saying Archduke, or is he off no, my head? No, he is not. You can't give the guy this title and then just be like, ah, well, we're not going to use it. Okay. So we have a comment. From the Chamberlain, his august potency, Archduke the Shrewd, Guardian of Australia. We have yes. to memorize that. we got to work on This week, that's your homework. Yeah. So that way we don't have to keep looking back at it. We just need to. So, uh, so I'm sorry, David. I should have never showed him that article. That was my fault. He's like, oh, this is great. It's one of the best things I've ever seen. You're welcome. So on page 97, his Archduke-ness. We're just going to call you David. Take a full turn. Oh, a turn. Yes. That's 10 minutes. That's right. Oh. Well, you know, I think, I think Dave, I, I, I like that we have David Thompson online. He's sort of like our fact checker. Right. Well, I'm, go I'm good with it. I don't need to look at this. Oh, detection of unusual circumstances, traps, and hearing. No, so no uh, one must remain quiet and, and concentrate for a term to detect facts about underground setting. There wait, you where are you? Oh, that's right. Gnomes have this, too. I yeah. forgot about that. Because they're dwarves. They're, they're pygmy dwarves. Ah, yeah. They're pygmy dwarves. That's they have no purpose. They're like miniature ponies. You can get a pony. Why would you get a miniature pony? So they're cute, and you pet them. So much anger. Yes, but yes. Yeah, so where is that? It's it's the th second sentence in the third paragraph, right under the section detection of unusual circumstances. Is that like detecting rats of unusual size? Is that the... okay? Oh, so yeah. So this is. Uh... So he was right. Turn. Okay. So stop making the rules up, Dan. Yeah, I thought it was a gap. 
It's not a, a gap. gap. It's just you. It's our our knowledge. Is yeah, there was a gap, all right. <laughs> a lot of gaps. Well, and and again, I. It's interesting. We we're going from trying to get ten minutes out of them, and most of them be like, "What do you mean? What? How did I fall in this trap? I can detect." No, you have to concentrate. Yeah, for ten minutes. And do that. Everyone wait. Uh, and and no one's going to wait ten minutes. Mm-hmm. So so then the question is, do they have to rest during that time? Can they be resting and concentrating? So again, during your approved union approved break, you take that time to expedite the game. Right. They've adventured for fifty minutes, and then during right. their break time. Can they sit there and concentrate? Oh, that's uh, I don't know. This that doesn't sound very doesn't sound very restful to me. If it takes ten minutes of concentration, it doesn't sound very. But I don't know. What is is the rest because you're exhausted from walking, yes. and carrying stuff? It's the okay. mental rigors of of. Tr- well, men, oh, once you said mental, mental and physical rigors of because well, you're in constant alert is the idea. Well, if it's mental, I don't think that counts as. I think no, I think it needs to be like like you pull out a book, book of poems. <laughs> Someone sings a tale. Exactly. Okay. Where's the bard? Right. That's that's what I think. Right. Right. So no, that's cheating. Okay. But they're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be doing because that's what they, you're right. So you think like a player. That's good. You you're on to them. You're one step ahead of. I them. guarantee they would have said if I enforce, I don't enforce the rule because typically by five turns they've encountered something horrible and they should be. Uh, um, they're, they should be resting after combat, which I don't do as well. They just mm-hmm. tend to because they're collecting stuff and trying to figure it out. But yes, that would definitely agree with that. Okay. Anything more about dwarves besides the fact that they're everything a gnome wants to be except for burrowing animals? Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, they have a real hatred of slavery, uh, uh, particularly a hatred of anyone who enslaves other dwarves. So if you play a dwarf, this is according to Roger Moore anyway. So uh, anyone who's held, uh, uh, so I guess the A series, would they be a dwarf be, right. be upset about this Absolutely. situation? Were there any dwarves? As, did the A series give pre-generated characters? Do you remember? Yeah. Oh, they definitely do. It's yeah. right over there. Okay. There's probably, so I wonder if there's a dwarf. So, so you should play that dwarf as being quite angry about the situation. Sure. They, they abhor, dwarves abhor slavery in all forms of involuntary servitude. They never right. practice it among their own kind or so against I other have, races. So I have A2... Secret of the Stockade of Slavers? Yes, Secret of the Slaver Stockade, excuse me. Let's see. The dwarf is actually a female, Elwida. Oh. Is the dwarf that's in the party. Okay, so she would be very upset about, I've not been to the A-series. I don't recall it. Maybe I did back right. in the day, but I don't remember. She is, doesn't say if she's bearded or not. Right. Which is unfortunate. It is unfortunate. But she has a war hammer, and uh, she's a female dwarf. Now... My understanding is there's no such thing in 1E as a dwarven hammer. Is that correct? Like as just a standard weapon? No. that's right. Yeah, it's not in the player's handbook. Because I had a player once, he said he wanted a dwarven hammer. Right. And I had to research it. And my, what I found was there's, there's just there's hammers. What, a lucerne hammer? Well, there's just, a, yeah, it's just a hammer. And a lucerne hammer is not even a hammer like that. It's, it's, you go back to the adventures log, it looks totally different. Well, what's interesting here is she has a thing called a Warhammer. What is that? Is there such a thing? In Player's Handbook, you don't really see that, a Warhammer. Does a Warhammer appear at some point, I assume? Okay, yeah, so there's no, that's weird. That's what I said. I would say that. Because they always, and and, dwarves always want a Warhammer. Well, I would just say you can call it a Warhammer. 
Right. But it has the staff. The sets of a hammer. Of a hammer. Right. And then they get sand. You want. The, they, name, the name of your hammer is war. That's right. It's a hammer of war. But they get sad because it's two to five and one to four. And they're like, hmm. I don't like that. I want, you know, two to 12 and two to 16. I understand, but they should look at the AC adjustments. Maybe they're good. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they're terrible. Let's see. Uh, they're not. They're basically nothing. It's a missile weapon, but the problem is it's just a hammer. It's not a boomerang. Right. So, again, this is where some of the confusion is because here in A2 it says Warhammer, but it doesn't say what a Warhammer does. Right, right. Oh, and before we do leave Dwarves, okay. I do want to mention where we're broadcasting from. We oh, my mention. goodness, we did forget that. We yeah. keep, we're very rude to our hosts. We're, we're broadcasting today from the wondrous shop of Americus the Dwarf. Uh, oh. In the city state. Do you well, remember? Yes, guys? I do remember that. Yeah, so he's got a very nice shop. Uh, he sells enchanted weapons uh, in the city do state. Do they throb and tingle there? I'm not. Yeah, they probably do. Sure, because he's, he's got some well, you see them, look, weapons. That, yeah. that picture from this, Wondrous Weapons, they look, that would be, it almost looks like the throb What's tingle. going on in there, you yeah. think? Look, they're grabbing swords. Yeah, that's exactly what happens. And he looks like he's getting throbbed right now. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like he's getting burned. <laughs> he's not doing too well. And we're looking at the cover, and someone's holding what appears to be a flame tongue. Yeah, no, that is. Yeah, that, that does look exactly what, like what would be going on at the Throb and Tingle right. Sword Emporium. Exactly. You're just, which is sort of what he runs. Which, by the way, we got a lot of good feedback on that when I posted that on Twitter. Because what a shock! Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, if we we put a thing, I put a thing saying, "Hey, we want to build out our adventure quarter, our adventures quarter." We have the uh, past the pearl identify shop and the throb and tingle. What other shops do we have? So, I think we need to come up with our make a quarter and show all the names for the places. And then I think we commission an artist to do a drawing. Oh, that would be good. Or a map, court. a city map. Yeah, right, a city like map. You yeah. know, like you know, sort of a three D right. looking down bird's eye view. Absolutely. Like a Where's Waldo. I love it. And they can put the two of us in there, like Waldo characters. Uh, no, they can look that, for us. That would be great. Two-headed troll, Grog, the two-headed troll, somewhere walking down the street. <laughs> Just sa sauntering down? Yeah, so it'll be, we could do a whole book series at some point. Where's Grog? Where in the, where in Greyhawk is Grog? Right? Well, we might get sued for that. We, you think we get sued? We'll change that? the name. Grey Falcon. I thought, I thought living Greyhawk somehow allows for that. I have no idea. Uh, I'm trying to look to see where this, uh where some of these names came up. Uh, here, some other ones. Uh, the Daggers by Victronic Secret, Rations by Pack Rack, uh, Oles by Hexen Square, Ventrin's Bastard Swords. Those are all pretty good. So we've got a whole Torches by Flinderstru Flinderstruck. It's uh, our Swedish slash Norwegian uh, thing. Is there anything else we need to talk about, Dwarves? No, so I guess... If you're going to play Dwarf, the way I would imagine it is, you're, as it says, dour and taciturn, right? Pretty stern. You joke, but only every now and then, in sort of like a Gimli sort of way. Right. And you really, you want to get treasure. You're really looking, it's really your, your primary motivation, perhaps, is to get treasure. You want gems in particular. You would hoard the gems probably if you could. You're not just going to sell them for money to buy other stuff. Right. The money you do make, you're going to use it to try to make more money. So you're probably going to have some sort of investment or maybe side business to make more money. And you're very brave and courageous. You, a thing is either done or it's not done, as Roger Moore says. 
So you're a source of inspiration for your party. You like to drink. Right. You abhor slavery. Right. Am I missing? They're very clan-like. They, they are family over uh, others. They, they, there should be some kind of clan element. Right. You're, you tend, they tend to be, you should probably be lawful good. Right. I think you should, I would like to see, if you're going to stray from lawful good, I'd like to see you either lawful neutral or maybe neutral good. If you're going to float all the way into chaotic, I think you should definitely have a backstory as to our chaotic. Oh, they hate, as Roger Moore notes, they hate thieves. But, you know, they don't mind thieves who are stealing from other people. They don't like thieves within their own community. So if you grew up as a dwarven thief, you really shouldn't be stealing stuff from your own community. If you do, you're going to get into big trouble. Right. And death tends to be, I think, if I recall correctly, the penalty. Uh, for thieving for thie within there? Yeah, I believe so, if I recall correctly. Um, I might be wrong about that. I thought I read that. Uh, but so... Uh, that's that's sort of my thought on if you're playing a dwarf, how okay. you should approach it. Well, um, I think this is a good stopping point for that um, because we also, um, we have another guest. We Remember, Vic wanted to come on. So I'm going to get Vic set up because he, remember, he, he texted you earlier this yes, week. Yes, he did. He, he wanted, to, uh, wanted to get on. So I'm going to get him get him going. Yep, this is uh, Vic Dorso. Yep. Head introduce of, him as I'm getting him set up. Yep, Vic Dorso is the founder of the Twin Cities Old School Gaming Society in Minneapolis. And Vic is a frequent DM at GaryCon and GameholeCon. And Vic has let us know. Hey, Vic, how are you? He, oh. Is, is, oh, he has not appeared yet. Is, yeah. Yeah, I gotta get him. I gotta get him. Uh, get him. He's not. He's not here yet. He's not here. He's not a little figure so yet. So I just keep talking about you, Vic. So uh, Vic has been very nice. He has uh, announced that he is coming to GrogCon, which we are thrilled about. So uh, for those of you who are looking for some old school gaming, want to play some first edition, please consider coming to GrogCon October 11th through the 13th in Orlando, and you can sign up not only for games with Carlos Lysing, but you can sign up for games uh, with Victor. So he's going to be running his uh, keep at Blood Red Falls, which he's run uh, several times at conventions. So good morning. So good morning, Vic. How are you? Good morning, gentlemen. So yeah, we've we, this has been a great uh, ground talk coming out day. We we can announce our DMs that we're coming, and and Vic is uh, another DM who's going to come down. So thank you for uh, coming down and and sharing. Your skills and expertise uh, this October. Looking forward to that. And uh, so you uh, you talked to Dan. You wanted to come on and talk a little about the uh, uh, your what you're going to do for Grog, uh, GrogCon 2019 and some other things. So the floor is yours, sir. Okay. Um, let's start out with um, Dan wanted a clue and how to get through. Uh, the Keep of Blood Red Falls. He oh, wait, wait, wait. No, I think that's a mis... Uh, well, that's true and not true. Okay, so let's talk. So I have not asked... I don't think I asked specifically you for a clue, but it is true. I have been talking to people who are close to you mm -hmm. about ways to beat it. So, so yes, I, I've been sort of trying to surreptitiously yeah. obtain clues. And I, and I guess, Vic, you're, you're willing to make an, give an official clue. Um... Let's put it this way. 
characters need their Gygaxian abilities, Gygaxian given abilities. So if you're an elf, a dwarf, a gnome, a halfling, that's your clue. You need to okay. use your Gygaxian given ability. So Can I ask you a question. Does, does that, is that refer to burrowing animals? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> are, you, are you saying that at the start of the, are you saying that the gnome should be continuously looking for burrowing animals? That's right. I don't think you're going to find any burrowing animals. Okay, that's off the list. <laughs> I, I so I shouldn't, don't be a gnome. Just, yeah, just Might as well be the dwarf, because the gnome right. doesn't, the, the gnome detection abilities, they're not as good, are they, as a dwarf? I I, for some of them, I don't think they're as extensive. That's right. So you might But they well have be, different ones. So uh, Oh, ahead. are they different? Yes, they are. Keep going. Okay, sorry. So, all right, Gygaxian abilities. And, 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 Secret Vic, has, doors. and Vic has already made, oh. made it very clear, and I and we all agree with him. That it's not the DM's job to remind them of. Oh, by the way, you can talk to burrowing animals. But we got. Well, we need to press. By yeah. the way, is a is a spriggan a burrowing animal? I just want to. Just I'm curious about that. No. Okay. <laughs> it's a giant rat. I, I was nice. I allowed a giant rat. Didn't you talk to a giant rat? Was that you? No, you I talked that to game? a squirrel. I let somebody talk. To, would you consider a giant rat a burrowing animal? Sure. Why not? Yeah, that's what I did. See how nice I was. He said I'm. So one thing that gnomes can do is they can determine the direction of travel underground where um, dwarves cannot. I don't think that's important. I'm just dimension. telling you. I don't know. It could be. So what you're saying is, so it's not the burning animal issue. I think he said like elves. Didn't you say like elves? Yes. Okay. So <laughs> see, there's a lot of, oh, secret passage. There's secret passages. I mean, it's right. Be. That's got to be. Or, or uh, concealed ones. He's getting nervous because we're getting hot. Look at that. He thinks I'm giving away too much. Look at that. You got to watch his face. Or you got to know how to do an examination here. You got to watch that. You got to watch the reaction. He could, oh. he'll, he'll, he's going to hide his face. You know, they have that thing on Skype. You can, you can black out it's your like face. It's like a poker face. A, <laughs> put the voice changer. Oh, I'm not going to tell you exactly what happened. There it is. There he's it got is. one. I'm not going to tell you. He's got one. This is... That's what game <laughs> That's right. Okay, so they need to use. All right, so uh, they I mean, need the to use protection. their their racial <laughs> abilities. Yes. Right. Okay. So they don't play a half orc. They have no racial other than information. Everyone's got that. Don't play it. A gnome, I don't think, is working very well. So I'm thinking, play lots of elves. Don't play humans. Elves. Mm-hmm. Else, else. And now remember, we, gentlemen, you because of how it was set up on the tabletop events, you guys are restricted to six individuals going into this dungeon. So you you need to think about this clearly and how you want to do this. Right. There's there's a character that has a ring of invisibility. I I think that's important to pick the character that has the ring of invisibility. I would think. Well, and again, uh, elves have their, if they're by themselves, they surprise frequently and, and uh, mm -hmm. they're able to surprise. So there's, you know, the clue is pick your characters. Don't just pick the OP. And he mentioned that when he was on uh, with us, um, just because the, on paper, they're an OP character may not be the optimal for the adventure. But remember, in all the characters that I've created, I have not put a race to any one of them. All I've done is put the class. Oh, so that's right. Oh really? Yes. Okay. I don't remember. I, I you know I don't. I I assume my character was human, but nope. I guess I didn't have to. There's a mistake. Right. So though this is interesting, and, and Vic, you use that book, right? 
<laughs> that shall not, <laughs> shall not be named. But, but my point of that is, Wait, you will. One? Your favorite? <laughs> I want you to open that up and shake it and see, see if, if all any the pages, pages fall out. out. Yeah. <laughs> it's not falling apart? No. You know no. what? You, look at this. I, I was stunned to find. You know what I found in my. Look what I found in my. <gasps> oh my God. I have your hands yes. are not burning. But look yet. at this. This thing is barely. Look at this. About to fall it's about apart. About to fall apart. So it is about to fall apart. So that means that you can pick basically anything, right? So if you have, you want to have a cleric, I can be a. Can I? I can be an elf cleric, right? Yes. Okay. So this is very useful information. Or svenimilavin. Svenimilavin. Right. Okay. Can't be a dwarf paladin though. It's true. I agree. You're exactly right. So, and there's so other than Drugar, you could be a Drugar. What's a Drugar? I don't know what a Drugar is. It's the it, isn't the, it's dwarf? the gray, is it gray the dwarf? dwarf? The evil, the evil gray dwarfs. We didn't mention that you can be mountain dwarves. That right? So that you right. can in D and D. Whereas I think the player's handbook says you're supposed to be high elves. Right. Well, but you you're talking about dwarves or elves now? Well, I know, but I was showing an example of oh. where dwarves are different, say, than where you have to be, like with an elf. I think you have to be a high elf under the player's handbook anyway. Usually, that's right. Okay, well, that's, we'll talk about that elves. You can be a mountain dwarf. Right. And so you're what? You're a little bit taller. I believe so. Typically, so. I think you live either longer or less, a little bit too, based okay. on the. Uh, but there's no real big difference, is there, if you're going to no. play a mountain dwarf or a. Not in. This version, there's not much of a difference. I think when the book that shall be named under elves, which we talk about next time, which again you may have to crack open, because uh, our 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 listeners are going to want to know the difference potentially. And do, do elves move, si move Elves move silently if they mountain dwarves live longer than reg hill normal mount, uh, hill dwarves. Does a whole okay? Do, does a whole group of elves move silently together? Don't yeah. elves move no. silently? Yeah. Nope. Or is that half, just halflings? They're silent. Halflings in, and with other ones can be moves. They don't move silent, but they surprise people. Because I'm wondering, it can, is it good to have an entire party of, like, just say elves? What it says here. In Vic's Adventure? If alone and not in metal armor or okay. of a party, which does, or which does not consist entirely of elves and or halflings. An elven character moves so silently he'll surprise. So the idea is they're not moving silently, they're just able to surprise people. If alone and not in metal armor, right, or well in advance, I put it more of a party which does not consist entirely of elves. Yeah. Okay. So they would be, they'd be, they'd be more likely to surprise people if they're elves and halflings. So, so that's the takeaway, yes. is have a party of elves and halflings? Elf, drow, elf, assassins, yes. And a halfling thief. Level. A halfling thief. Right. Because he, he oh, said... Oh, so you can have a halfling thief. He said one 15th level assassin wouldn't work. He didn't say about seven or six. You know, so yeah, I'm, but he does the PC, but he does the classes. You right. don't have yes, any yeah. assassins. You don't have just pick the classes, not the race. Yeah. So, okay. so what you... Interesting. So, would, so elves, elves and halflings... Right, we're looking at I don't, I just do a, I just do a, I, I don't make it in the form of a question. Right. You just say it and you see a reaction. So elves and halflings. Right. He disappeared. Oh, how could I disappear? He's put, he posted something for us. He's going away. Right. Okay. Well, gonna, 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 I, I just hit the thing up. for, this is where you can find the 30 regenerated PCs here on Angry Dwarf Games 
Facebook page. If you look and scroll down there, you can find the 30 PCs and you beforehand you can read a prologue to the adventure and pick one of the 30 different PCs to play the game. So Vic is, Vic is coming October 11th through 13th. He's going to be running his game. He's going to be uh, chatting, talking about things. He's given us a couple of clues uh, for that, and you can go to his site and you can get some clues so you can be prepared for uh, his adventure, which has so far been not been successfully completed, mm -hmm. except there was one character who survived. He's a coward, but he survived. Well, we... Well, in one game, the first game I ran through at HeroCon, we actually got somebody to the big bad, yeah. but they were alone. But so it's it's. Does anyone know that they got there? Because they all died. Right. No. Yeah. There's <laughs> only one. There's only one that I'm aware of has come to live. I to think tail, you got to you got to move quickly. Are we going to so now before we let Vic go? Vic, thank you very much for giving a clue. Uh -huh. uh, and please uh, come on down to GrogCon, uh, listeners and viewers, to uh, try to uh, defeat uh, the Keep at Blood Red Falls. Mm -hmm. Are we going to be giving Vic his title? W would you oh, like your title? Hold on. Hold on. I'm, 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 More I'm, clues. I'm ante a little bit here. Oh, you have to Oh, answer. that's oh, okay. oh. oh, nice. I like it. Go ahead. All right. For those who manage to get through the Keep at Blood Red Falls, I'll give them a set of dice and a PDF All right. of... To keep up Blood Red Falls when it's finished. All right, Those so you heard it. Fail, have to wear for the rest of the con a button that says, I died at the Keep It Blood Red Falls and I wear like it proudly it. for the rest of the con. All right. So, wait, but they, they have to wear it proudly? Yes. <laughs> they, so, so the deal is they can't just wear it. That's right. They have to wear so it. So, they proud. can't be like, I'm wearing this stupid button. Nah. They got to wear it proudly. Who's going to monitor that, Nate James? Can you handle that? Well, I think we'll just, if they're going to play, I assume they're not just going to leave like our players do when they're unhappy. They're going to continue mm -hmm. to play. Uh, if they've played in the game as part of the prerequisite, they'll need to have the button. Well, that was my next question. Vic, are you issuing, is this challenge going to be accepted on a player by player basis? So, let's say. We have a player out there who wants to sign up for your game, but doesn't want to be in the challenge. Right? Uh, can can that cha that player opt out, and then so just individual well, players say, "I." So they don't get the dice or the or the module. Okay. Or, or, okay. So it is on a player by player basis. Right. Yeah, but well, I would think everyone would want to do that. I mean, if you're, if you're if you're if you're going to run the marathon, why would you not want to win the prize mm -hmm. or be potentially on YouTube? The guy who's throwing up. After mile five. Maybe I don't want to put a pin through my shirt. You can, it could put, it, cut little you can holes. put it through your nose as long as it's proud. That's all he said. <laughs> all right. So, Vic, so, so the DM dorso what challenge. I, right. what, should I make it a sticker instead of a pin? No, no, no. Pin, I think, is good. I think a button is good. I think most You can bring both. I think button, and you should put the year. Because people year? may want to... Right, put 2019 because people may want to come to GaryCon in 2020 and try again. Oh, there you go. Oh, and you know what they could do is they could wear the button to GaryCon. Right. <laughs> they may you may want to have <laughs> buttons made up for the people who've done previous times. So like yeah. Dan will just have a bandolier right. of these yeah. buttons. Right. It's like your denim jacket. Like yeah. if you know you put the different back in the 80s with the metal bands. Right. 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 You'd have I I I died in 17, 18, and right. 19. Or like your bumper sticker, like for some of these RVs, all the places exactly. you've been, all exactly. the places you've died. Will the will the dice be red? They don't have yes. to be. But 
Yes, they blood will. Red they're going to be oh, blood very nice. red. I have had a uh, conversation with a gentleman, and I'm waiting for shipment of a of a set to proof them, and then I'm going to order some dice, gentlemen. Awesome. And before we get Vic's title, so we know that Vic, Vic's adventure is challenging, but it's it's all in good fun. It's 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 a fun game, right? And yeah, it's it's, it's real tough, but um, you know, it's it's the spirit of it. It's it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's using your brains, gentlemen. Use yeah. your brains. I've given yeah. two hints to this module in the last two times I've been on, one before and one this yep. time. So you need to cycle back to episode 19 and listen to what I say and then listen to what I said on this one. And you might have a fighting chance or you will have a fighting chance to get through it. So right. oh, this is perfect. We need to have Vic on every week right. so that they try to increase our listeners. But they're just right. going to they're just going to look for him. And but, yeah, don't say when he's on. All right. Right. Well, this is good. Excellent. So, all right. Let's give out his title. Vic, because... Do you want to roll for your own title? Yeah, uh, you're going to get a title sure. here. Okay, so you're going to need to roll. Oh, wait. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We have strange numbers here. We have like one through 15. So don't look for your dice. I think don't worry about it. We'll just we're going to do it. We're going to do it random generation on the computer. We hate doing this. It's very non old school. Right. I'm very unhappy about in it. Five but... years. What am I going to do with you? <laughs> so, so, Vic, I, so Vic Dorso. Here's your title. Uh, first thing, the. Yeah, we need a 15. So, so I did. So the first die roll is 13. Oh, okay. The commander. Commander. Ooh, I like that. Okay. Next. What's the next roll? This could make sense. Uh, it is, uh, it's going to be a die, thir die 30. Right. I don't want to say die 30. There's no die 30. Random. So, oh, and it is his. Fifth, yep, his. The right. commander fifth, is 15. Oh, 15? Yep. That is astonishing. Astonishing. Well, this it is. Could, no, so New York, it could be most. So you have different things here, choices here. It could be his or be most his. ever or all. It could be the most. Most astonishing. I like right? that. Or Vic the, Dorso, oh. the commander, most astonishing. Yeah. <laughs> now uh, 30. That's good. 30. Okay, hold on. Rolling this again. You mean you guys don't even own a D30? Actually, I do <laughs> own a D30. D30. I do because I did weather for Tiz and Thane. Okay, what do we have? We rolled 30. I forgot. I totally forgot. He had to remind <laughs> a patron. That's right. The most astonishing patron. Okay. What's the next one? Oh, this means he's going to become a, a patron of ours? Uh, well, he has to be like the, the highest level. That's right. Uh, that, would be, that would be astonishing. That would be astonishing. Megan's <laughs> giving us money. We're astounded. One. That's right. One. Yeah. Crown Prince. Crown Prince. Wow. Of Minneapolis? No. Uh, what's the next one? Uh, oh, it is that. 60. 60. Yeah. This is great. This is. This is gold that you found this. I, you're welcome. <laughs> I, don't know if my, I don't know if anyone's listening. It was 14. Oh, honorable. Honorable. The most astonishing patron crown prince, honorable. Okay. Honorable. Yeah. Oh, some of these are great. This last one. 30. 30. Okay. Yeah, you're welcome. And, and of what? Of the Northern Lights, or what's... Oh, we're going we're gonna to figure it out. It's maybe... Yeah, 24. Or big... 24? Let's see. Scourge. Scourge. Scourge? S-C-O-U-R-G-E. Scourge. 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 Sorry, Scourge. Yeah, the Scourge. Oh, honorable the Scourge. scourge. What, what's a Scourge? What's a Scourge? scourge. What's a, a Scourge is a bad thing, Yeah, isn't he's, he's a Scourge. He's... But I'm honorable. That's right. Honorable. He's the Honorable Scourge. That, that really kind of fits. 
you know, we, we're not saying you're dishonorable, but you are a scourge to a 50 players everywhere. You're, it's a honorable scourge of what? The Northern Lights? The North, or the North Star State? The North Star State. That's it. Uh, thank you. Thank okay. Are you ready? <laughs> now you are ready to bestow it. So yes. here it is. That's right. right. Becl- proclaiming Vic Dorso, the commander. Most astonishing. Patron crown prince. Honorable scourge. Of the North Star State. Sir, Lord Victor, so congratulations, sir. Uh, thank you, gentlemen. <laughs> thank, thank you for being uh, of, of being uh, part of the Grog Talk uh, community, and it'll be put on the heralding page. So well done, sir. Well done. And we look forward to seeing you in October, where you'll be running your module, Keeping the Blood Red Falls, this October. And you'll either get dice or a button if you take up, take up Vic's challenge, right? Hope, hopefully dice. Hopefully you'll dice. You'll end up with. Well, I, we'll I think... I think he's ready to have a group get through it. Mm-hmm. I think not because, it, you know, he, he wants to show that uh, good play rewards is rewarded. Um, but like you said, also the luck of the dice. Sometimes you can roll well and yep. that's why we play a game. It's not, it's not a puzzle. So, well, Vic, thank you, sir. Um, I, I, we will talk to you later then. Okay. And uh, again, love, love your uh, comments and we'll talk to you soon. Great. Have a good All right, one. take Bye care. Bye. Thank you, Commander. Right, bye. Thank yep. you. That's right. Commander, you just shortened his name. How dare you? I was still talking. Oh, sorry. Oh, very good. Very good. So we are now uh, ready for our suggestion segment. Okay. Because uh, I think we're done with... Uh, well, we are done with this part of the episode. I think Dwarves, we did a pretty good job. Oh, we're ready for suggestion. Suggestion. Okay, so what's your suggestion? And I don't know if I suggested this before. I don't know. You have not. Okay, and I thought this was appropriate since we did Dwarves today, and I talked about the fact that we were broadcasting from the wonder shop of right. Aramicus the Dwarf, head of the Armors Guild uh, in the city-state. And so I thought I would suggest this publication from Judges Guild. It's got 120 enchanted weapons. And so if you are looking for some interesting and entertaining Magical Weapons. This is a collection of 120 of them. And, you know, they give the backstory of right. the weapon. And so if you're looking to spice up your magic weapons, uh, this is, I think, a good book. You know, it, it is hard to find, though. I think I bought this off of eBay. So, and, okay. I, and I don't know. I don't think this is available on, say, drive through RPG. Uh, so uh, I hate to give a suggestion. That can be hard to find. But if you can find it uh, and you want to spice up magical weapons i think this is a good idea we've talked about that before where you don't want to maybe just say oh it's a plus two sword yeah you want to have some backstory to it make it interesting this will not only give you the backstory but it'll also give some interesting attributes to the weapons and i should note that uh americus is of course he's a dwarf and so that's you know fits with today's theme perfect perfect uh my suggestion is going to be and i hope they fail their save and go out on ebay and do that my suggestion is going to be for a Kickstarter called uh, King of Dungeons. It's by Baz from the, what the Smart Party do. They're a podcast I listen to in England. He's done a Kickstarter. And I'm always supportive of folks who pursue their passions and uh, create a thing. And so the Kickstarter runs through July 13th. I think it's like six or seven bucks for the PDF. It's not very expensive. And uh, takes uh, distills a lot of the things that you want to do in role playing and, and throws out some of it. So I'm looking forward to getting my copy. Um, so, and we're hoping to have them on in the next few weeks as well. 
Uh, we've got a couple of interesting events coming up next month I want to talk about, but that's my suggestion. I hope you fail or save. I'll put into the show notes and on Twitter uh, how you can support that Kickstarter. They've made already, he's made already $4,500 or pretty close to that in the Kickstarter, way over his uh, goal. So good for them, good for him. Uh, again, I would also listen to what would the Smart Party do. They, again, I'm very enamored with it, uh, with a lot of the podcasts from England just because it gave a different perspective. And I know... Um, you, you like Imagine Magazine and White Dwarf and you, you like a lot of that stuff because it just gave a different flavor. And kind of segueing, uh, this month of July is going to be packed for us. We've got uh, Gary Gygax Day, which is going to be our second tournament. And then we're hoping to do something the day after. We're just going to have to figure that out. Maybe you want to talk a little about that. that yeah, so uh, I'm a big fan of Albie Fior, who wrote for White Dwarf Magazine. Uh, he wrote two uh, well-received adventures, The Lich Way, and the Halls of Tis and Thane. The Halls of Tis and Thane is my all-time favorite uh, adventure. And it's very small. I didn't realize how short a module adventure it is. It is, and that's why I like them too, because both of those adventures you can run in, in perhaps a session or two. And Albie, unfortunately, passed away 10 years ago, and uh, it, on July 28th, it'll be 10 years uh, since his passing. And I think Albie Fior is somebody who a lot of gamers might not be familiar with. There are a lot who are. Uh, but I thought he was brilliant and uh, wrote amazing adventures. And so we were hoping maybe to do uh, a podcast uh, in memory of Albie uh, and his 10-year passing. So. That's right. So that's where our hope is. And we're hoping to get some people who either knew him or were from that time. And we can really honor that on the, excuse me, on the 28th. Yeah. So if anyone out there has any sort of stories about, you know, Albie or if they have any stories about, you know, what his works meant to them, that, you know, they're big fans of the Lichway or the Halls of Tis and Thane, please let us know because we'd love to include those on the show. Right, exactly. Well, someone's asking me, did we get to name Carlos's module? Yes. Yeah, so one last time, our contest uh, from Carlos Lysing, Castle Entertainment, is going to be creating an exclusive adventure for GrogCon 2019 in October. The contest is... Um, for those, our listeners, or people who listen to our podcast, or, or if you go on uh, Twitter, you go to, and you put the hashtag GrogCon2019, you put the name of the adventure, or info at grogcon.com, email it, or you can. we've created a page on GrogCon called GrogCon2019 Contest. Post there your name. Dan and I will review it, and, and the next time we're on, we will announce a winner, and that winner will be uh, attributed the name in the module, they'll receive a PDF version of it. And if they come down uh, to Orlando area in October, they'll be able to uh, play, which would be awesome with Carlos running it. So we're just excited that this uh, convention's really taking off. We've got Vic as a guest DM. We've got Carlos as a guest DM. We've set up a number of sessions already, both uh, Paranoia, uh, First Edition D&D. We're going to set up Call of Cthulhu, some other top secret potentially. It's going to be a great time. Uh, please go to our website, grogcon.com, to get more information. Yeah, and uh, and don't forget that we're hoping to have a really great Dwarven Forge setup. Uh, Lane, our master Dwarven Forger ah, here, who you. has an amazing collection of Dwarven Forge blocks, is going to put together, hopefully, the Tomb of Aethwing the Dam, a, damned, a Janelle Jayquay's adventure. And you can, get, you can already start signing up for games. So Carlos, is, of course, isn't going to be posted, I assume, until after he's got a name. Yeah. For the adventure. Exactly. But uh, you've got a paranoid game listed. I've got several games listed. The yep. tournament is up. 
Bix games are up, and you can register for games now. So if you're thinking of coming, we encourage you to go to tabletop events, sign up. It's only 35 bucks. Right. You're for three days. There's going to be a lot of fifth edition, too. So uh, there's going to be Adventures League gaming as well. Yep. So sign miniatures, up. Uh, miniature playing, tabletop playing. You know, they have board games there as well. So. Now, the, the miniature is going to be more. You have to buy a, a better badge to get the miniatures. Yes. Uh, but 35 you, will get you all the role-playing games. That's right. All the role-playing, all the tabletop, um, three days pass. It's pretty amazing. Yep. And, you, and, and sign up because it is rolling. And you can always, if something signs up that you want to do instead, you can always switch out. So it's right. not a problem. So we encourage you to buy your badge and get signed up. All right. Well, I think that's a good place to stop. Um, again, very excited about what's, what's going to happen in the next few weeks. we got a lot of work to do. Uh, so for I'm James. I'm Dan. Uh, this was Grok Talk. Have a great day. This has been a Bushy Puppy production. All rights reserved.